0: you uh-huh. and welcome to episode number 59 of the Friday Nightmares podcast. On this episode we will be talking German horror as we continue our horror from around the world. Uh, I am one half of your hosting team this evening Mr. Smokeshow Crawford coming to you from the town of Swartz Creek in the county of Genesee in the state of Michigan in the United States of America in the North American continent in the western hemisphere on the planet Earth in the Milky Way galaxy, fully vaxxed, boosted, and waxed, and ready to climax. And if you can, please get me wet, feed me after midnight. And I am also known as the man in the red shirt with the not so glorious beard, aka Scott Housen, aka Triangle Head. And with me as always is Heather Powell, because I don't have any cool nicknames like Scott <laughs> coming to you for
1: down Ontario, Canada, and the way less fun person on the Friday <laughs> though so i so scott when you said episode 59 i was like 10 more from 69 hell yeah, Five, Five. yeah. <laughs> 69 that's nice. that's the number scott and i are going to record to, and we're just going to stop at
0: that number so everyone no, what's for lives we can say what's gonna Why don't we stop to 69 <laughs> now what's gonna happen is we're gonna we're gonna hit 69 and then from here on out every episode we record after that is always going to be 69 we're never going to go past 69 yeah
1: it's just going to be 69 like Groundhog Day forever and Happy Death Day it's like the same Friday (laughs) episode over and over and over again um welcome I appreciate that we took a little bit of an extra little break uh Scott and I have very busy social lives apparently and um Scott was away last weekend, which is why we didn't record, and I was recording Silver Party Massacre. Uh, so it kind of took away from when we would usually record together. Uh, so, so we were able to record for this Sunday. So we're just a week delayed, but then we'll go back to our two week process until I don't know, something else comes up. <laughs> Break again. who knows but we try to stay pretty regular I, you know we eat our we eat our brand I'm just we, gonna say uh... we eat our fiber <laughs> we do our best to stay as regular as possible but Scott like you had the day of adventures last weekend so why don't you talk about what you did
0: all right so yeah it'll also kind of go into why I added aka triangle head to my introduction but uh... that's true But yeah, so like pretty much, uh, Mandy and I ended up, uh, well, actually, I guess I should start from the very beginning of the weekend. Uh, we had our festival here in Swartz Creek called hometown days, and I decided to take a walk over there. It's about a mile and a half from my house. So I decided, ah, screw it. Good weather time for a walk. So I just walked over there, walked around, ate some carnival food, played some carnival games, just kind of just enjoyed the atmosphere, came home, watched fireworks on my front porch, which was really awesome. Uh, second day, hmm, not so great. So ended up just chilling at home. And, uh, then my buddy Don got to of me asking if I wanted to meet him at the hometown days. So I was like, sure, why not? It was him and his, uh, him and my goddaughter. So she's, uh, six years old. Well, before I get there, I get to the gas station and, uh, people are up there and like freaking out saying that a fight had broken out at the festival and a gun was drawn, but it sounded like cops had already broken it up. So I called Don and just said, Hey, this is what's going on. I know you're bringing your daughter. So just wanted to give you a heads up. And I was like, it sounds like it's cleared out. He's like, well, more than likely, it's going to be less of a crowd now, so might as well go. I'm like, okay. And I get there, and I go to meet him. Like, he's somewhere in the carnival at this point. And as I walk around the corner to where all the carnival games are, all of a sudden, a group of, like, 60 people just scream out, gone! And everyone scatters, and people are getting trampled. And I'm freaking out thinking I'm in the middle of a mass shooting, so I freaking book it back to my car. And I'm like having basically a panic attack. I called Don up just to see where he's at. And apparently he's at the back of the carnival with his goddaughter or with my goddaughter. And uh, so I was like, all right, well, I'm waiting a second just to see what's happening. And I was like, but I'll come get you and like, at least have, I'll be on the other side of you. That way we can kind of sandwich in your daughter and make sure she doesn't like take off running just because, you know, she's sick. Yeah, and uh, of course. I was like, we can get the hell out of here. And like, I was freaking out. Apparently, like, yeah, apparently fights broke out all over there. And they were just kind of like moving forward. Cops were clearing people out. I end up running back in, finding Don and his daughter. And we start walking back and some carnies see us and explain what's going on. Yeah, apparently guns were drawn. People thought shots were fired, but no one is for sure what happened. I did hear two loud bangs, but I couldn't tell if that was fireworks or a gunshot. Um, so, like the Carneys walked us out, like we're escorting us, and as we come up to the front, about forty. Punk kids <laughs> all up on the like all lined up out front, all from Flint, and cops the cops were blocking the entire road, had cops all over, like just kind of like questioning everybody, and like basically looked like fights were about to break out right in front of the cops, like it was a complete disaster uh just f- for a heads up, uh Flint does not host any of these types of carnival slash festivals anymore cause of crap like this because it's just too much problems, too many issues, people have been killed, people have been hurt. And so they end up uh, coming to festivals nearby. And unfortunately they brought Flint to Schwartz Creek and yeah, a lot of bad crap happened and finally got down to his car and got back to my place. And uh, I basically just had a freaking panic attack and was just like anxiety ridden and just like, just having a hard time, like focusing on anything. And I had to be up early the next day and basically was not going to get much sleep. Thankfully, Heather, you called and was checking up on me and, tried to help me from like you know freaking out too much because it was extremely scary and yeah now I have trauma from that which yeah I up- could
1: tell from your messages how upset you were I was in the process of leaving a friend's house that Scott and I both know and uh, I was like do you want me to give you a call and yeah we were on the phone for about an hour
0: yeah um,
1: so you seemed sound, you sounded more relaxed enough by the time we got off the phone
0: yeah uh, you were very upset and rightfully so
1: that's yeah. an extremely traumatic event
0: yeah, like it freaked me out because I had no idea what was going on and I still really don't know what exactly happened because like different news media outlets are like saying it's one thing and then Swartz Creek. What did it Fox wasn't that.
1: News say? Because they tell the truth.
0: Yeah, they totally tell it. I have
1: they Fox- they told it told, said it was a ballerina contest, right? And that yeah. one of the ballerinas got out of control. That sounds like
0: yeah, pretty much. accurate news reporting, right?
1: Fox yeah. News.
0: Can- <laughs> yeah, pretty much. No, we're too small town to worry about for Fox News.
1: You know what? All I got to say, Scotty, is this is the worst pure Michigan, commu- pure Michigan commercial I have ever heard to come right. to Michigan. <laughs> but- what happened to the Crystal Lakes and the and the nature and the getaway? And uh, now it just sounds like Flint shoot him up and Scotty running for his little Scotty life. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was uh, it was uh, horrible. I mean, you know, Pure Michigan will come here in a second when I start talking about the next thing I had. <laughs> so, But this you know. is another,
1: like, gun control issue. Here's the thing, Scott. Yes. Like, are we, you know, and I understand fire... In Canada, people own firearms. Just to make something very fucking clear here. I have been to a gun range. I have fired a gun. I have been around guns. I've had friends that own them. It's not like Canada doesn't have guns. Yes, we are limited compared to you guys of what kind of guns we can buy, but absolutely, we have guns. The difference is you can't just walk into a store and buy one. You have to get something called a gun license, and there's a process, and then you do have to take a training course on how to properly store your weapons, and there's a police check. And there's other things that are done to ensure. Now, I'm sure there are illegal guns that happens in Flint because you have a lot of gang violence.
2: Mm-hmm. So these
1: might not even be legal guns. Same within Canada. We have an import of illegal guns as well, for sure. But there's a lot of gun violence that does occur in the States that is with legal guns. So whether this was illegal guns or not, the message is still very clear that perhaps some checks and balances should be put into place. You know what I mean
0: yeah especially when it's only six months into twenty twenty two and I already seen the stats of two hundred and I think two hundred and eighty mass shootings have already happened in the freaking states. Right. In just this year. It's freaking insane and it's like bullshit.
1: I just, you know if driving a car is a privilege and you need to get a license and do a road test to prove that I don't see why there shouldn't be a privilege that comes with owning a gun. Right. You know, and it's not saying people can't own guns, but it's saying that you, you know, should be tracked and registered. And, you know, perhaps if you have a, um, a history of violence, perhaps other precautions should be taken before you get a semi-automatic, you know? Right um like it's not common sense can't own a gun because i don't think guns kill people i think people kill people yes um you know i'm I'm definitely not naive enough to be like get rid of all guns that's not the solution the bigger problem is poverty and social inequality and you know anger and frustration and privilege and there's so many layers to it right but bottom line is i'm glad you were okay scotty and i'm glad you i could be there for you because the next day you did have an opposite Hmm. of a really nice day. That's what I meant. You know
0: what I meant. Yeah. Uh, but no, like the next day was definitely like a pure Michigan type thing. Mm. Um, so yeah, the next morning I got up super early, like thing was like four 30 in the morning and met up with Mandy and we ended up, uh, driving out and, uh, went to West branch for breakfast. And then we ended up going to Mackinac city slash Mackinac Island. Uh, so people that may not know, Mackinac City is right before the huge bridge that we had, the huge suspension bridge, Mackinac, the, uh, Mackinac Bridge, uh, which, is, which we're famous for. And we have a very popular touristy destination called Mackinac Island. What this is, is I'm not sure how large the island is, but it is an island where no automobiles of any sort are allowed on the island. You only can get around by horseback, walking, or bicycle, the only motorized vehicles that are on the island. Our emergency vehicles, so it's a big touristy, just awesome little uh, like adventure to go on. So Mandy and I get to Mackinac City, we get Parker car, and then we jump on the ferry to uh, the boat to take us across to the island. And we got we got there early because there is a uh, boat tour that takes us like right underneath the Mackinac Bridge. It normally doesn't do that except for like twice a day or something like that. So we wanted to do that because it's just kind of cool to go underneath this massive ass bridge because, yeah, the Mackinac Bridge is, I think, five miles long and uh, and it connects us to the UP. But yeah, it took us to the island and just kind of went walking around and just enjoying the sights like, you know, like pretty much right by la- the lakeside the whole entire time and a lot of awesome souvenir shops, lots of homemade fudge because Mackinac is known for its homemade fudge. a lot of awesome restaurants there lots of just beautiful beautiful sights to see and well scotty got to try something for his first time that he was a little nervous just because you know first time but at the same time oh my god i totally
1: want to make it an appropriate
0: joke here but i'm not gonna make it scott i know you i know you would (laughs) but uh phil ray you know what
1: i'm
0: talking about i do
1: feels like what was it scotty (laughs) but uh stallion
0: there scott oh i sure did i mean phil ray (laughs) wasn't there but i
2: mean
0: (laughs) um but no i ended up uh yeah got to see a lot of horse carriage horse-drawn carriages and stuff like that beautiful animals of course but uh no the first time experience that i had was uh, Mandy got me to go horseback riding for the first time ever. And uh, yeah, it's like it was an hour long horseback uh, horseback ride uh, that basically took us around the island through the woods and kind of came back. But, you know, I obviously had a trail guide and all that. But uh, Mandy, obviously, like I brought on the podcast before, loves horseback riding. So she loves she wanted to do it and she didn't want to leave me behind and like just sitting there waiting for her. So I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll do it because it just I wanted to experience this. And oh, I so, bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that was amazing. I got a beautiful black horse named midnight. Um, I was getting laughed at by Mandy, of course, because after I hopped on the horse, like we have a little kind of waiting for everybody else to get on theirs. And while I was waiting, the horse is kind of like impatiently just kind of stepping back and forth. And I just felt off balance and like, was just like, well, okay, this is weird. I'm kind of nervous. This Like I gotta, I'm trusting this 1200 pound animal with my life okay this is kind of scary but then once he got going i got into the rhythm of how he was walking so i was able to kind of like move with him and it was incredible i yeah i do it the so same much. thing
1: when i ride oh, my god I,
0: <laughs> horses i was i was waiting for that sorry stop. I, I knew it was coming episode 59 you should know by now <laughs> yeah it's it's inevitable I also, like,
1: I also like to get in the rhythm <laughs> so i can see what i'm jesus. doing right now
0: jesus christ <laughs> but yes uh so that was an amazing experience uh just had a blast got a bunch of pictures so a lot of my friends have already seen the pics of it um but then yep we got done went back to a restaurant had some uh had a you know, nice lunch, and then we ended up getting, uh, went to a few more shops, then jumped back on the ferry, went back to Mackinac City, where we had a hotel right on the beach that had its own bonfire pit on the beach with its own lake chair, or er, beach chairs, so yep, we got to chill, like, just lakeside with a bonfire, listening to music, drinking, and having s'mores. Uh, we, I also was uh, challenged by Mandy to jump into the lake, because it was only 60 degrees out, so the lake was ice cold, but of course, I had to do it, I got challenged and freaking went out there just jumped right in and yep froze my butt off but then we decided to go to the pool and hot tub and hope there was no one there we had the whole place to ourselves for two hours so it was like nice relaxing i haven't went swimming in a pool in i don't know how many years so that was really great and then yep when got pizza came back had the bonfire and just chilled listened to music drank and then yep sat in the jacuzzi tub in our uh in our hotel and just uh Mandy ended up just falling asleep so I just sat in the hot tub by myself just watching South Park relaxing and yeah like ended up coming back the next day we hit up a few more shops in the city on our way home and yeah, just had an amazing freaking time like it was probably one of the better vacations I've taken in a while even though it was only a day and a half and it was just so what incredible. What happened
1: at Air Hockey Stunt?
0: So <laughs> Um, I first of
1: all, I would like to thank Mandy for dethroning the king. It's about yes. time someone took you off your throne. <laughs> and it was so, also nice that Mandy did this community service of taking you
0: out for a day and a half. Does she get does she get like acknowledged for that? I, I'm I'm sure she's gonna be getting refunded <laughs> in her taxes for taking oh, some excellent, of the special <laughs> Excellent. But uh, but
1: let's hear about the let's hear about your hockey sky. All what right, happens? so
0: yeah, like on our on our way. Well, first, actually, we woke up that morning, and this is where Triangle Head comes into play. Uh, so woke up the next morning, looked in the mirror. Well, her and I both forgot to get sunscreen before we went to Mackinac Island, and we got pretty cooked. Um, and the reason I'm called Triangle Head now is because I was wearing my hat like I am right now, which is a baseball cap backwards. And the little triangle shape that's right there was imprinted on my skin. So you can see that just this triangle shape red spot on my head where I got these wonderful hat tan lines. And Mandy goes, oh, my God, you're like the generic version of Pyramid Head from Silent Hill, your triangle head. <laughs> 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 and uh, but then, yes, then we went out, got breakfast. Then we went to uh I can't remember the name of the place I think it was Pharaoh's something or other but she wanted to get some uh, fudge and everything from there and while we were there they had like this uh, game room and there was air hockey and she's like like, I want to play air hockey I'm like "All right." I've been cocky with her like oh I'm going to kick your ass for like so long on air hockey because she's been wanting to challenge me and I'm like I haven't been defeated in I don't know how many years because I used to own an air hockey table in my basement the hickey table (laughs) the hickey table (laughs) god damn it Scott Um, also has never been defeated with the amount of hickeys he's given (laughs) i use a vacuum cleaner okay all right but uh yeah as i as our show knows i have defeated heather thoroughly multiple times and uh yeah like i had a hockey table in my basement beat everybody there Hockey table and uh so yeah i was getting cocky and decided to play against mandy and Yeah, we I thought I was kicking her ass because it was a good game and I was like a couple points ahead and then she ended up catching up to me and then scoring one more point than me and then the time ran out so she beat me by four to three She beat
1: you in like overtime almost
0: pretty much and of course, since I was cocky she had to take a picture of me being all cocky in front of the hockey table beforehand. And then made sure to rub it in on a Facebook post saying that uh, the look you get when you get defeated by someone else from being so cocky or something along those Yeah, sides. it
1: like made my day. I kind of feel like Mandy's my hero now. <laughs> Hold on, I have a song for her. Does she still listen?
0: Yeah, as far as I know, she still yeah. listens.
1: Mandy, did you ever know that you're my hero? <laughs> you're everything I wish I could be. You beat Scotty at air hockey. You are the wind beneath my wings.
2: <laughs>
1: oh, so,
0: so yeah, like my ego I watching the has king be been...
1: dethroned. It's
0: good. I'll say, yeah, my ego has been deflated, but I will be back for revenge. Oh man, is your ego ever deflated?
1: Like, I don't even think that's a fucking thing, dude. <laughs> like this podcast created a monster we could have a horror movie just based on scott's ego from doing friday nightmares like we're fucking 15 minutes into it all we've heard about is this fucking weekend
0: (laughs) a lot has happened during that weekend you know to be (laughs) fair. Um well um I would
1: go into my time, but I don't have that. Well, I guess I went to a campground last night that looked like fucking Friday, like nightmare on elm not nightmare on elm. Friday the thirteenth. So much and- so that I sent George a picture of the cabin and he said, If you guys get killed by Jason, do I have to take care of the dogs before so I were there? <laughs> with the dog well the dogs weren't there they were at her mom's place but yeah and that was my night and partying up at a barn that was turned into a club I felt like I was in fucking Michigan I felt like <laughs> you should have been there Scott barn party I mean it seems like my home away from home right there absolutely right so uh, but yeah I'm doing pretty good for like partying last night and sleeping in a fucking campground like I don't know I'm doing I'm here yeah you made it and you, I'm here
0: I was shocked you were already home
1: Well, Anne woke up at 730 and proceeded to wake me up Oh God! (laughs) and uh, decided she wanted to leave, which was fine, because what else you have to do, right? Like you've partied all you can party, you drank all you can drink, you've smoked all you can smoke, you've danced all you can dance. Now it's just go home. But yeah, we hung out by the pool yesterday, and unfortunately she didn't meet anybody because the goal of this event was to have her meet somebody um she didn't sadly. No, that's unfortunate. Uh, it's hard for ladies to meet other ladies. You know, it is, it is different. There was a lot of um gen- so this was an LGBTQ plus uh campground. Um, I guess like I should state that. I don't even know if it really matters, but that's where we were. And it was a Drake show event, and it was actually the winner of Canada's drag race that was the main drag queen oh nice let me tell you I get why she fucking won like you can tell like the drag queens that are above that level you know like you get local drag queens and you get drag queens that do this for like like hundreds and thousands of people on tv and you're like yeah yeah you got the skill set like it's just it's a completely different level of skill um but I didn't beat anyone at air hockey um (laughs) I just I just made friends with people and drank a lot and smoked a lot of weed and you know hashtag lived my best life and even did myself up though the funny thing is to use the showers you had to put a loony in and I'll explain to you off air Scott why that is. The hell is um, a loony? Oh, like a like a dollar.
0: Oh oh. You know oh, you well, put out a loony here. No, I I thought like it was something like I I wasn't thinking like, money. Like I take a
1: bird and <laughs> shove the bird into the shower.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking like, <laughs> like what like, is this? like some weird ass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i'd take the loon around get the loon i catch the loon i give it in they're like all right you may have a shower
0: <laughs> you caught um, the loon you deserve it
1: you deserve a shower but you put a dollar in and it gave you four minutes so it was the quickest shower of my life i was like that's weird. like i was yeah well i'll explain to you off air why it makes sense why okay. when you find out why that is but um anyway yeah it was a lot of fun so here i am and here Scott is, and here we are to talk about... We've watched some 2022s. Good news, everybody. Scott decided to watch movies again because he actually watched some shit, I think, right, right Scott?
0: Uh, total of there. four.
1: Fuck's sake, Scott. It was three weeks.
0: Well, yeah, you, well, you know, 2022 needs to start putting out some Fuck gems. Sakes.
1: Mandy, can you start watching 2022s with Scott? Because honestly, <laughs> like... Besides him riding stallions all the time, oh my he God. needs to start putting. St- <laughs> you should lead the riding to me, Sky.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, like I said, if Phil Ray wasn't there. I'd be riding him, all right. That's right. That's right. Oh, shout out to
1: uh, Horror for Dummies. Daniel's coming to Canada, but not to my part of Canada. He's going to Vancouver. Uh, to visit his brother for three weeks so yeah, he is good for him um in money was no issue i'd fly out to vancouver and find him i mean visit with him stalk him uh,
0: yeah. i would do totally i see you hi daniel
1: he'd be like hey
0: <laughs> <laughs> he's like what's this crazy c we doing <laughs> hey heather
1: this isn't weird at all anyway um so we'll get we'll get into our 2022s because scott watched four and i watched 18 so we have a lot to go through um so the first thing did you watch did you watch this first thing that i told you to watch
0: nope because uh shutter was not working on my phone and that was the only way i had to get it up
1: uh, was... oh, oh yeah because you don't live in a house that has televisions with shutter i forgot
0: <laughs> well i just wasn't in the mood to watch something when i got home. For fuck's sake, <laughs> Why, don't yeah, podcast, <laughs> Why do not we have a podcast, Scotty? Why do we
1: for this right here for
0: this banter right here for you to talk funny. about
1: your fucking trip and your gun violence in the United States of America? You know what you should be on psychosomatic podcast. <laughs> there, <laughs> yeah, no shit. You
2: should be on. Oh. <laughs>
1: everyone check out Darren's podcast Psychosemantic. it's excellent and well educated and Darren's extremely well spoken as opposed to this podcast so um we're going to talk about the thing fa- I'm going to talk about Fangoria's Chainsaw Awards 2022 it is available on the shutty. um it is not a 2022 movie released but it is um a award show that recognizes horror performances and movies from last year so some of the movies that were nominated included Psycho Gorman, uh, St. Maud, as well as Sun, as well as His House, as well as, oh, there's a couple others, I can't, um, uh, I said Psycho Gorman already, uh, The Quiet Place 2, Halloween, um, there was actually an international film that was acknowledged, I can't remember which one won, but it's a really cute little award show it's only an hour and a half an hour and a half in length and they actually got some pretty good presenters like John Carpenter was on there oh, nice. um yeah and Last Night in Soho who directed Last Night in Soho? Uh, Edgar Wright. Edgar. Edgar Wright was on there and accepted an award I will nice. let everyone guess which award and what movie he accepted for um but yeah it was it was really really cool the people that were on there and uh, Candyman was nominated, so you actually heard from the actor who was the lead in Candyman. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, there was some really, really cool, cool stuff that happened. Um, it's an hour and a half long, and unless you're Scott, who doesn't want to support the horror genre, you should watch the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, because it's an award show for horror fans, by horror yeah. fans. When well, I was going to say... Scott.
0: Uh... Well, I was going to say, too, that it's cool that they are televising this now, because uh, for a while there it was uh, Fangoria was only doing post. It's been going on for a couple of years now, but they were only posting the award nominees and winners on like their Facebook and their website. It wasn't you actually recorded. It would make it
1: more, more popular if people watched it, like bite, Scott. Bite. So <laughs> he's he's like, you know what, Heather? It's just because you're a loser in air hockey. That's what it is. USA. USA. Burger. <laughs> bang 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 <laughs> look don't me bring it don't make me bring a super so-
0: soaker and scare you scott around your house, I, mean, but I can it may traumatize you. me at this point i know i'm like
1: super soaker it's not like in a ball corner i'm like are we not going to aew now because <laughs> <laughs> like all
0: shaking and terrified <laughs> Should I just leave?
1: Um, but anyway, take take a look. Unless you're Scott and you don't like horror films and you don't care about supporting the film.
0: No, I will be watching a bunch of these over the next couple of days because uh, yeah, I got a lot of free time on my hands. You do have a lot of free time. There's no excuse. You could have watched this shit last night. No, honestly. I had to get I had to get caught up on uh, show prep because I was slacking on that.
1: <sighs> you are such a slacker, honestly. Honestly, the things I do for this business, the things I do for this business. You carry right, the, the next, show. We know it. I carry the show on my show my big broad shoulders. So watch it on Shutter, the Fangoria Chainsaw Wars. The next one we're going to talk about, I'm going to talk about, because I'm sure this motherfucker hasn't watched this movie, nope, is, yet. No, of course not, It's Monstrous with Christina Ricci. So Christina Ricci is making a comeback. It's an 89 minute runtime. It is available on the iTunes, the Google Play, the YouTube, the Tubi, and the AMC Amazon channel um laura traumatized by an abusive relationship runs away from her former husband with her seven year old son cody but in their new idealistic remote sanctuary they find they have another bigger more terrifying monster to deal with so i watched this one with george who i do bring up frequently on this podcast as a um mediocre horror fan we'll say he likes horror but not as much as like scott and i do but so he watched this one with me it is it is it starts off one way and ends very different Um, I wasn't sure how much I bought into this movie at first. At first, I was like, what the fuck is going on here? But the third act saved this film for me. Tim Tim Davis gave it a two and a half star, but that's Tim Davis, and he doesn't have hope. (laughs) So... Actually, I may be recording a Horror for Dummy episodes with Tim
0: Davis. Me too. Oh, I thought it was just me he asked. And I thought it was just me he asked as well. And then he brought up, oh, like, wow. I talked Holy to Heather, shit. like, I talked to Heather earlier. I'm going, ah, okay. He didn't tell me that.
1: It's like he just asked us separately to the prom.
0: Right? And he's just like, well, in case one says no, then, you know, like... I'll, I'll, I just can't tell him what's going you know on. Why?
1: Tim could never take me
0: one-on-one. That's why. He's scared. He's scared. Oh, he should be. He should be. Anyway. And, and you know he wants to take me on
2: one-on-one.
1: Oh, I know he does. I'm surprised yeah, maybe, he invited my, me. My Probably because he was worried about what would happen to him if he didn't invite me on the show. He <laughs> so like, it's a legit concern legit makes sense. um yes but yeah like i i'm as much as i tease i'm i'm partial to agree with him also sandra kane gave it two stars um i think it's two and a, two into two and a half like honestly i really enjoyed the third act but the first little bit of it was i was like what the fuck is going on here um but you know if you if you enjoy christina ritchie and you enjoy kind of like the the twist kind of films and the woman empowerment leaving an abusive situation and you know, it's not a bad film. She's a pretty good actress in it. She she carries a lot of the movie, um, and it is available for free on Tubi, so you can always watch it on there. So the next one I watched is uh, this year's latest shark movie, and it's called Shark I was, eight- was going
0: to ask. I was going to ask you if this was any good or not.
1: You know what? I'm going to bring up his name again. Say my name. Say my name. Tim Davis watched this as well. He gave it three and a half stars, and I'm prone to agree with him. Wow. Like it's a shark film like I really didn't like the Alicia Silverstone one that came out this year I thought that one was not that great um you know this is like your typical a group of friends hanging out in Mexico um there's some drama within the group of friends they jump on some water skis being typical dumb teenagers and they get into an accident And they're stuck in the middle of the ocean and they have to fight off a shark. So if you can, you know, forgive some shitty CGI and you can get past, you know, very convenient, typical plot acting, it's entertaining enough. This is light, fluffy brain candy. If you like shark movies and you enjoy being entertained by them, I think you'll find this movie fine. Don't walk into this movie thinking it's going to be next Jaws, or uh, what was the one with uh, Blake Lively that came out? The Shallows. Oh,
0: The Shallows, yeah.
1: Yeah, like, those are two really fucking amazing shark films. Like, this is not that at all, but it's better than some other shit,
0: so... Right, and I I like those uh, just easy-to-watch shark movies that, you know, I, I go and expect them to be entertaining. Yeah. And that's I don't expect a masterpiece, and it's either they're going to be shit or they're going to be entertaining.
1: Yeah, and this was entertaining. So if you are a shark movie fan, I suggest watching it. If nice. you're not, then you probably aren't going to miss out on much. But I, I think if you like shark movies and you dig them, check this one out. I, I think you'll have a good enough time. It's available on the iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, and Microsoft Store. Now, we are going to come to a movie that Scotty's actually fucking watched. I haven't watched um, this. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, we did. Say my name, say my name. Um... And it is Firestarter. So it's... I'm, I'll i give over the... I started, so I'll just finish it off. It's a 94-minute runtime. Uh, it's a remake of the classic that came out in the 80s with Drew Barrymore, and people are shitting on it because it's a remake. Um, um,
0: re-adapt-
1: re-adaptation. Re-adaptation. I've never seen the original, but everyone who I've listened to, like Tim Davis is like, I fell asleep during it. You told me that you thought it was boring. Um, I have yet to find people that like i get to meet someone that likes the first one by the way the original
0: yeah um, like i've never watched the original i've just heard that it, yeah it was boring Oh, i thought
1: so. you watched it and you no i've it just boring. heard a
0: lot of people like say that it was not good
1: so i'll let you go first what are your thoughts on this one scott
0: well i mean it's uh x-men or oh sorry a uh, fire that's right right <laughs> <laughs> uh basically yeah this i uh i honestly had fun with this i don't see where it gets the hate um I thought because it stars Zach Efron as the father to the daughter that has the pyrokinetic t- powers. Yeah. And I, th- I thought he did a great job as the father, yeah. who also had like some abilities as well. Um, it definitely had some really awesome set pieces. Uh, like, and like, it's definitely horror. Uh, it's got like a lot of the horror elements, obviously known by Stephen King's yeah. novel. Um, it's, yeah. But yeah, I ended up watching this and found it to be entertaining I like I don't get the hate for it at all like I thought it was no. decent like it was I mean it's not going to be anything anywhere near like my top 10 or top 20 but it's you know it's a uh, easy watch it was entertaining I thought the acting was good special effects were good yeah Story yeah was good.
1: And, and I've heard what this one did differently is it pulled on the action where the first one was more about yes. the relationships and stuff this was more about like jumping right into the action and. I don't think it deserves a 1.9 on Letterbox. I really don't. No, this is definitely not a 1.9
2: movie.
1: Like I don't think it should be a 3.0 either. I think somewhere it's average. Like it's entertaining.
0: Yep, I gave it a three, three out of. I gave it a three oh, out of you? five. Yeah, because I was like, you know, it's above average. Like uh, yeah. Like it's above a five for me. Like it's something that I wouldn't. If it was on TV, I'd probably stop and watch it.
1: Yeah, like it reminded me of Burn. Yeah, honestly, it was. Very I would like to see to these.
0: I would like to yeah. see these worlds collide. That'd be interesting. Yeah,
1: like it'd be cool to see her and the Breakbird kid because she's kind of still a protagonist, right? Yeah. Like even though she's had to do something bad, she is actually still very much a protagonist. Um, and I would like to see you know. Her do shit. I think that that would be cool.
0: to Be honest. Yeah, the only part it. that I had a hard time was with uh, the there was a scene with the cat. That part was tough for me.
1: Oh yeah, that was tough for me too. But like, we don't like pet violence. But yeah. honestly, I I think people are shitting on this film. Like, I can't find a reason why this film is not is like a one star. I, yeah. I can't. Like, I I think it's a well made movie. Like, I don't think it's a shitty film. Now, if you like the original Firestarter and you're comparing the two and Sure, I guess. But this isn't a bad movie. It really isn't. Um, But you know it's it it came out and probably, you know, people are going to like it and some people are going to hate it. And I don't know, I thought it was fine. It was, it was, it was average for me. Entertaining yeah,
0: I was, enough yeah so like, it was just a little above average for me like it was I, I had entertainment from it i did not hate i did not hate watching it did not feel like i wasted my time it was and it was short like it got to the fucking point like it didn't fuck around
1: yeah like i would i would not have
0: been disappointed if i seen this in theaters
1: yeah i think it would have been a good theater watch there's some good yeah. special effects in it um so yeah it's available on iTunes Amazon Cinéplex Microsoft store Peacock premium so if you you know it's still in the theaters here so if you want to go see it in the theaters in Canada you can uh, or you can rent it i think if you enjoy if you enjoy brightburn i think you'll enjoy this film if you didn't like brightburn or you really love the original firestarter you're probably not gonna like this
0: yeah but and i'd also say like if you're a fan of stephen king
1: yeah yeah like i think it's just a fun fluffy you know entertaining film
0: yeah i, so, I enjoyed it
1: right everyone just needs to stop hating you need to yeah stop that's not haters. gonna happen i know right <laughs> i know um all right the next one is a documentary documentary and it is oh I'll let you go Scott you've seen this right
0: Yep yep right so now. yeah this is uh, a shutter exclusive that came out a couple weeks ago the found called the found footage phenomenon and uh no, no. yeah, it's pretty much, I was impressed. Like, I thought this was a very good documentary because it actually like dives deep into like a lot of older uh, found footage stuff. Cause yeah, I completely forgot about these films, but like it was, you know, everyone always says, oh, Blair Witch started the found footage thing. And it's like, and I'd always argue, no cannibal Holocaust started it. And then I was even wrong because I completely forgot about these, but the Mondo, Mondo Kane films that were out during the seventies were like a documentary found footage style, like- and it like they were yeah, you know, they're very hard to find nowadays, but yeah, they're like mm-hmm. you know, pretty uh messed up films. Mm-hmm. I actually used to have some of those on VHS back in the day, but um yeah, this this covers a wide variety and talks about every type of found footage out there and like covers a lot of the films. Obviously, like it didn't if it covered all the films it would be the length of In Search of Darkness but like
1: no oh, man it's such a good fucking documentary but it? uh
0: no they they did an amazing job with this gave a lot of history a lot of they had a lot of uh directors of these movies on there talking about their films and Like the reason why talking about the reason why found footage is so easy to do and so popular and they brought up a lot of movies like because like I said, like I've talked about before, I think found footage has kind of become one of my favorite subgenres because I went uh, deep dive like and have continued to and just keep finding like all these like hidden gem found footage films I never seen before. And Agreed. it brought Agreed. and it brought up a couple that I wrote down on the list that I need to check out now because like, yeah, this was a very fascinating documentary. So you're gonna watch those what next year? Well, one's on the older watches list, smartass. <laughs> oh, look at you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Coming
1: back with a back attack. Right. Um bam. Uh yeah, no, I agree with you, Scotty. I think Shutter, like there's only been one documentary on Shudder that I didn't really care for um the rest of them have been great. Yeah. Honestly, if a documentary comes out on Shutter, it's usually high quality, well made, uh entertaining, you learn something from it and yeah, it, this one it was no exception and it moves quick. Yeah, like it, it moves quick, which is nice. Um and I I strongly recommend it. If you got the Shuddy, you know, I don't know why you wouldn't watch it. So it's on Shutter Amazon, Shutter regular Shutter, AMC, AMC plus Amazon. Um, not shutter for children. Not children's shutters though Not yet. We're, we're working on that one. We're working on that one still. Watership Down just keeps playing on constant repeat so <laughs> scarring far. Scarring
0: all the children.
1: Scarring all the children. Uh, we're going to switch over soon to let's see what's another scarring.
0: Uh, let's um, we can uh, bring in Neverending Story and the Artax scene. Oh, um,
1: what's the one? Uh, the night, um, Silent Night, Silent Night. No, which little Christmas one? Fuck, why can't there's a whole bunch of them? There's four of them. About billy what's it called i can't oh, come to silent my new- night deadly night silent night deadly night that and we'll make them all traumatized about santa claus yes day. yes that's our goal um and there's one that i saw last year about the easter bunny that i would put on there too <laughs> like, oh yeah, yeah. just something Easter bunny suit that kills people it's funny anyway so check it out if you haven't had a chance to the found footage phenomenon
0: phenomenon um phenomena Now, have you seen this next one? No, you've been telling me to watch this. This is the first one I will be watching today. I'm waiting. I know. Yell at me. Yell at me. You
1: know what, Scott? I'm just disappointed.
0: (laughs) And I don't want to disappoint you, Heather. I am sorry.
1: You know, it's nice when a man says that for a change.
0: (laughs) Wow. Oh, my (laughs) God.
1: That's so funny. Anyway. Oh, my God. (laughs) Was that not funny? Oh, that was great. That caught me, me off did. guard. <laughs> I know. You're like, why am I doing this show still? Um, Duel is, so people are going to tell me that this is sci-fi. And yes, it absolutely is. But it's it's a great fucking film. And I consider it a horror film. So Duel is a 95-minute runtime. And it is basically about a terminal woman, terminally ill woman who finds out she's terminally ill. She's very awkward in her personality. And there's a procedure that is available in this world where you can have yourself cloned. And that clone can take over your place. And so your loved ones don't, don't miss you. So you can bring the clone in and the clone can learn to act like you and do things like you before you die. So she does this, she gets a clone and but it turns out the clone ends up doing some things it shouldn't and she ends up not being terminally ill. Uh-huh. So when this situation occurs and I'm, I'm not giving stuff away because you've learned this in the first two minutes of the film um the clone and the um person like the clone and the original have to fight each other so you find that out I'm thinking of Dave Sieves. I know Dave Seves listens don't you worry Dave you find that within the first 50 seconds of the movie I haven't given anything away um so it's it's very very interesting film it's probably going to be my number one film of the year right now wow. um, yes even more than Cursed the Cursed which was really good I I thought this movie was fucking clever as anything. I thought it was well acted. I thought it was well written. I am nothing but praise for this film. I really, really enjoyed this film. It has a 3.2 rating right now on Letterboxd. And no one besides one person who I follow, um, who is not a podcaster, has watched this film.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: So it is it is definitely put this on your watch list. Now, the girl in it's a little quirky. So you do kind of have to like a quirky kind of weird personality. But it is a fucking clever film. It is available on Amazon, Google Play, Voodoo, Redbox. Um, check it out. Check, check, check it out.
0: Nice. This is one that I'll be watching tonight for sure. I promise you that.
1: You promise?
0: I promise. Okay. Have you seen this one? Nope. This is one that I am also going to be watching tonight because <sighs> I really want to see this one a lot. <laughs> this well, one, I'm the only reason I did not watch this one is because I know it is subtitled. I tried watching it at work and I couldn't do it there.
1: So, Horror for Dummies did a review of this. Um, talking a lot about Horror for Dummies today, it's because they're uh, our boyfriends. Well, they're your boyfriends now that I know. I thought I was special, I meant something to Tim. Just oh, it's always about Scott. You know, he about Scott. Hey, to be fair, he did ask you first, and then he realized if I was coming on, he's like, I can't fucking handle this. <laughs>
2: just that. <there. laughs> I need so someone really nice can...
1: to him, though. He doesn't realize if he had me one on one, he would get a much nicer version. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't realize that um it's just when I have to tag team two of you that I get real intense you know
0: and so Tim and I love to be tag teamed yeah
1: we sure do we sure do only Luffy won't be there unfortunately so the hatchling is a uh 91 minute runtime 12 year old Tina is desperate to please her mother a woman obsessed with presenting the image of a perfect family One night, Tina finds a strange egg and what hatches is long belief this is a creature feature to end all creature features What a fucking excellent film. Um, Really? I really enjoyed this creature feature film. I thought it was well acted, well done. Great special effects. Um, I watched it with George. He also really dug it, found it creepy, found it really well put together. Um, If you haven't watched this film yet, watch it. I think it might grace some people's top tens. and It may even win an award um, this year because I think it's... Duel will for sure. If Duel's not my number one film, it will win several awards. Um, because I just enjoy it so much, but, um, like I enjoyed, um, rent to pal is how much I enjoyed dual. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if you're interested though, in hatching, it is available on iTunes, Vudu, Google play, Microsoft store, and YouTube. And yes, it is worth any, like, actually all these movies are worth a rental. The only ones that maybe you may not pay as much for is monstrous or shark bait, depending what you're into, but for the rest of them, I thought they were exceptional, and I would definitely recommend a rental for any of them. I think you'll have a really good time. And I can't wait to hear Scotty's thoughts on uh, the hatching. Actually. Yeah,
0: I will definitely be letting you know. Um, and maybe it's just because I've been slacking on watches. I may bring it up on our next episode too.
1: Okay, so they talk about my new Scott. Um, have
0: you, have you
1: watched this one? Nope. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So the next one is captures. You know what? I feel like Lance right now is like way to go, Scott, because he comes to us and asks us about 2022 releases. And now he knows not to go to you. He
0: knows he <laughs> hey, should only go to me. To be fair, I am at 50 movies. That's not bad. Oh, no, it's not bad. It's just not just, good either. I've, I've just slacked off the last couple of uh, months.
1: Yeah. I wonder why that was. Um. Anyway, so a 94 minute runtime is captured catchers um this one's a movie that is a metaphor about human trafficking um well it's not even a metaphor it's about human trafficking and it's about the trauma that victims endure from after being human trafficked it's a very heavy watch like oh wow this is a movie that is very dark did i think it handled the subject well it was okay um i don't think anyone has watched it besides me I can't see anyone here else on the letterbox. Um, it has a 2.7 rating. It feels like a 94-minute runtime. I get what they were trying to do with it. I understand the message. Human trafficking is a real problem. Yeah. And it is fucking disgusting and it can happen to anybody. <clears throat> and sorry about that. I coughed and I had to cough away from my mic. Um, and this and this film does highlight that. I just found it, the acting was a little rough for me and it just didn't hold my attention. But if you are interested in this subject or, you know, you want to see how they explore this subject, you can find it on iTunes, Voodoo, Flickfling, um, and Microsoft Store. I would say rental-wise, maybe $2.99 if for some reason like this kind of like blending of social political horror is interesting to you, but it, it's definitely not my favorite social political horror. Um, I think there's other ones that are stronger. Now, I think you watched this one because I didn't watch this one.
0: Yep. Yeah. So the next one is, uh, you know, cause I'm doing all the heavy lifting right here. <laughs> um, but no, the, uh, next one on our list is called the overnight. Uh, I'll give the synopsis, uh, after a romantic weekend gets sidetracked, a young couple find themselves at an outdated hotel, caught up in murderous death loops and a bait and as bait for a demon. The concept I thought was really cool. I was like, okay, you know, I've, it's not like something completely new, but at the same time, I'm like, okay. Death loops, which reminded me of, uh, one of my favorites on Shutter that I can't remember at the moment, but, uh, damn it. What was the name of that movie? What year? Uh, it was 2020. It was the satanic old couple that, uh, kept. Oh up.
1: yeah. It was, um, something about kid, anything for Jackson. Yeah.
0: Anything. Yes. Anything for Jackson. Thank you. Yeah. Um, it, like I had the concept kind of gave me that like vibes when I was reading about it. I'm like, Oh, okay. I like the idea of this going into it. I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Unfortunately, the concept is really all that's really good. Um, yeah, the acting is mediocre to painful for some characters, the story was all over the place, it felt. Uh, really didn't feel like it focused its ideas well enough. And mm. it was not executed as well as I would like. Like I ended up all in all, like it wasn't awful, but like it was just average when it could have been mm. something really cool. And unfortunately did not reach that level. So it ended up being like a five out of 10 for me. So once again, another 2022 that I gave a shot that just disappointed. It was just, I wouldn't recommend it.
1: Instead of watching Duel, you watch the Overnight.
0: Well, yeah, I wanted to try bringing something new to the table, and I failed. But if you are interested in checking this out, it is on Voodoo, Amazon Video, DirecTV, and Spectrum On Demand. Spectrum
1: On Demand. Um, I don't have it on here, but uh, actually, well, I do. The next one I don't have on here, but I'll say it anyway torn hearts is uh the movie i watched i don't think uh you watched this yet not you, yet starting? this is what
0: this is what i'm curious about because it has katie seagal in it so i'm very very intrigued
1: so it's directed by you grant who we may know from the stylist oh, nice. as well as after midnight as well as lucky uh not only is she a phenomenal actor i do think she's a decent director Wait, Hugh Grant or, uh you Hugh, you is it b-e-b-r-e-a Hugh. oh bria bria sorry bria bria grant um, basically, it's a synopsis. is a 97-minute runtime. A promising up-and-coming country duo seeks out the secluded manner of their ideal Harper Dutch, a former country star and Nashville royalty-turned-recluse. What starts off as a friendly visit, visit devolves into a twist of series of horror, forcing the friends to confront the lights they will go to realize their future dream. Um, Katie Seagal is great in it, who's uh, Steven Seagal's daughter. She nah, plays, uh, is it? Well, yeah, that's what it says here, Katie
0: Seagal. Yeah, but I don't think it's, no, I don't think there's any relation.
1: Oh, I thought you said that that was Steven Seagal's daughter.
0: No, 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 no. Oh, I was going to be like,
1: okay. They look kind of old, both at the same time, but okay, Scotty, all
0: right. Nope, no, I don't think there's any relation whatsoever. Oh, wait, she's
1: she's from Married with Children. Yeah, i say
0: she's Peggy from Married with Children.
1: Oh, that's who she is. Okay, so yeah, I
0: actually didn't even recognize her. Yeah, she was also the voice of Leela in uh, Futurama. And she was also nice. uh, in, I think she was one of the heads of the main characters in uh, Sons of Anarchy.
1: Right, right, right. Okay.
0: She's Sorry. been in a lot.
1: Yeah, I, for, I was like, oh, Steven Seagal. And then I'm like, oh, no, wait. I put it together. She doesn't look like Peggy in this at all, actually. <laughs> no,
0: she, no, she does not. <laughs> looks a lot
1: different. Um, But yeah, she was really, really good in this film. I, but this is like your typical kind of <laughs> Bloomhouse. It's not a Bloomhouse film, but it might as well be. Um, It's a little fluffy, uh, you know, some overarching themes about patriarchy and other shit, especially in the country music industry and you know manipulation and women and stuff like that which is all 100 true none of that shit's like made up that's exactly what happens but um i enjoyed it for what it was i think it's a fun film and you know there's some good gore in it and there's some good scenes in it and i think all the actors did a pretty bang up good job uh this is available on itunes google play amazon video cineplex and youtube i would say a 3.99 rental 4.99 if this is your your kind of thing you kind of like that you know kind of bloom like angry film kind of thing like if you like brie grant's other stuff you'll probably like this film like if nice. you enjoyed her in lucky and you enjoyed after midnight and you liked her in the stylist you like those kind of movies you'll probably like this film because i, like, it's I had no much idea that style
0: i had no idea she was involved with this so that makes me want to check it out even more
1: yeah, like, she, I like her a lot. I think yeah. she's a really creative, talented person, um, and I think she's done a lot. So, like, she's directed 12-Hour Shift as well last year.
0: Did she really?
1: Yeah, she directed 12-Hour nice. Shift. So, like, obviously, this woman has some chops. She's been an actor in countless things. She wrote Lucky. Uh, she wrote 12-Hour Shift. Um, she produced The Greatest Question of Facing the Future of Science and Robots." And she's acted in a fair amount of films. Very, very talented woman. So I think that, you know, watch her because I think she's definitely going to continue to just get better and get stronger as a director. Yeah. So that's uh that's Torn Hearts. The other one I watched with with someone else that people know and love. Um Malene Ackerman, Jillian, she was in uh the repeat, the one that was the uh The Final Girls? Yes, the blonde in that, yes. right? So she plays one of the main characters in this. It's basically about two women who are trying to Oh, escape. you finished this. Yes. Uh, the Avery. To, yes. The aviary the cult. The aviary. It's a 95-minute runtime. Um, this is a typical cult film, but the acting between the two main characters is quite good. And that's what's going to make you like this film, is that their interactions with each other, both are very good actresses, both are very strong, but you got to dig the whole cult thing. And you got to dig the the whole psychology thing, if you're going to have a good time with this one.
0: And uh, Um, the actress playing next to her is actually Eli Roth's wife. Oh, is that who that is? Yep. Oh, that's cool. She was in uh, Knock Knock and Green Inferno.
1: That's really fucking cool. Um, yeah, she's she's really good in this as well, too. They're both good. They're both good actresses. So if you're interested, this is available on iTunes, Google, Amazon, Cineplex in Canada, and YouTube. And I would say if you like cult films, it's worth a rental. If you don't like cult films, I don't know if you need to run out and watch this one. It is very plot and dialogue heavy. Um, but I enjoyed it for what it was.
0: Yeah, so. I'm, I got about halfway through it and need to finish it. I just uh, got sidetracked, but I definitely uh, enjoyed what I've uh, watched so far.
1: Nice. Have you seen Dash Can?
0: No, this is one I, I'm curious about as well. I'm like, this one is one of on my list.
1: This one was interesting. It wasn't what I thought it would be. It was definitely another film that was made during the pandemic. Um, it's an 82-minute runtime. Uh, video editor for a news show in New York City receives government files containing footage from a police car dash cam. I don't know if this is really horror, as much as it's more drama and like action kind of mystery stuff. Basically, this guy sees something he's not supposed to see. Okay. And there's a conspiracy attached to it. So um it is available on Voodoo, Google Play, Cineplex, Amazon, Microsoft Store. I would say I probably count this as a horror watch, but if you are into conspiracy theories and you kind of like Darren might really enjoy this one, actually. Darren uh, Wilson again from the psychosomatic podcast. I think he would like this film. He might not even want to cover it, um, but I don't think it falls in the horror category. But it is interesting. Nice. Uh, but you do have to like conspiracy stuff and and you know buy into cover-ups and stuff, which I think in this film it totally was a cover-up. Um, you know, it's it's well done. The acting's decent enough for what it is.
0: Nice. Okay, this might be one I'll check out at some point then.
1: Yeah, like, but just I'm, it's not really horror. So right now you've seen this one and I watched it just so we could have something to talk about.
0: <laughs> yep. So uh, this is a Bloomhouse film called Unhuman, um, and it's basically about a group of, I'm guessing, uh, high school students. Yeah, it's high school students uh, take a field trip, and on this field trip, the bus gets uh, basically put on the side of the road, and they get stranded, and something out there is trying to kill them. And it basically turns out to be like a typical run-of-the-mill style type of these films with a twist that i actually did not see coming. Yeah, me neither. And, and when the twist happened, I was like cuz at first I'm going, okay, this is your typical blah blah blah, it's fine. Then the twist happened and I'm going, all right, movie, you've got my attention. That that's unique. Uh definitely uh has a uh very on your nose uh take on bullying. Mhm.
1: Very very good social commentary actually.
0: Yeah. And uh just like what bullying can do to somebody and uh, I mean, obviously, it's got your typical teenager type Bloomhouse characters. So, yeah. you know, it's, if you're into Bloomhouse, this is definitely a recommend. If you're the type that's like, "Oh, Bloomhouse just does shit," blah blah blah, then don't bother because I don't want to hear it. This is yeah, just, thank like, you, Scott. I because I, I honestly like Bloomhouse. They make teen horror films. That's, they do, and I mean, obviously, they do some adult more adult more adult themed ones as well, but they. Their main focus is to pull teenagers into theaters or to get teenagers to watch them. It is, you know, it's it's decent for what it was. It's not like, it's not awful. It's uh, some of the characters get on my nerves, but that's your typical ho- movies like this with these yeah. type of tropes. Yeah. But I definitely say it's at least worth like a, $2.99 rental.
1: I agree. I had a fun time with this film. Like, I thought this was better than There's Someone in Your House last year. And I, I like There's Someone in Your House, by the way. I thought that was fine on Netflix, that one that came yeah. out. And I enjoyed the Texas On Massacre, whatever the fuck it was, earlier yeah. this year. Um, like, I don't know, like, I get really tired of generations shitting on other generations. I really do. It's so fucking old. Um, yeah, these, these kids are representing this generation. Fucking get over it. Like, Great. Like, stop being such a dick. Like, honestly, like, there's nothing wrong with how these kids behave. They're behaving on how this generation behaves. And just because it's different from you doesn't mean it's wrong. Right. It's just different. So I... um. Yeah, I agree with you. It's fluffy. Like, it's brain candy. This is yeah, another easy brain watch. candy film, right? Like, you know, you're not going to go into this this film and be like, oh, man, like, where's the deep meaning behind Unhuman? Like, yeah, it's talking about bullying, and it's giving some overall, like, you know, themes about how it can really fuck people up, and you know, really cause damage, which is we all know. No one's going right. to walk out of this film and be like, oh, shit, but bullying, bullying can cause, like, damage as an adult. Yeah, because you grow up and you bully kids who and people that like Bloomhouse films. And you become cops. So, <laughs> oh, man so every time you make that that joke, I'm like, whoa. I, mean, I think in the, the states, states, well, yeah, in the states you guys have a much different process to become a police officer than you do in Canada. It's a little more streamlined here.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: um, there's a little more checks and balances that you know isn't like, oh hey, you're my brother, you get to be sheriff. Right. Um <laughs> pretty much right so but anyway you know back to this movie it's 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 fine for what it is I don't know you want an 87 minute runtime that gets to the plot quickly um a lot of action go 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 some characters some good little fight scenes some you know really great special effects to be honest with you yeah. um it's 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 your movie you want a little bit of like social commentary that's not over the top it's your movie like, it's fun yeah I'll say it's, it's- fun film
0: it's an easy watch, and yeah, like if you're just looking to add something to your 2022 list, why not?
1: I don't know. I I have soft spot for these teenage films. I think they're great. I think if I want, like it's like Shark bait You know, yeah. if I want to watch something that is not super serious and I just want to be entertained, like not everything has to be fucking Saint maud okay? Right. Like not everything has to bum the fuck out of you, like Midsommar. <laughs> like not everything has to be depressing. As much as I love rent a pal rent a isn't a good fucking feel-good film. I'm not gonna be like, oh man, you know what? I really need me some Rent-A-Pel today so I can watch someone's life become unhinged. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a fluffy, fun movie where, you know, things are relatively okay at the end. And right. great, sometimes that's what you need. So yeah, I agree with you, Scotty. I think if you if you enjoy Bloom House, I would say you could spend a little bit more on it, but $2.99, $3.99, $4.99 rental, depending on what your preference is. And it's available on iTunes, Vudu, Amazon, Cineplex, and Microsoft Store. So that concludes our 2022 watch list um check out ones that you think are great check don't check them out if you're not interested yeah. that's okay everyone has their own preference and ones that you enjoy and you know we've given you some variety to check out as we always try to or i have and i yep, watch four movies
0: and hey i'll be uh, i'll be uh, trying to do, uh, hit up more as that uh, as uh this next episode within the next episode i will try to hit up more to bring to the table like it may be a bunch of stuff you've already brought up so i may not bring it to the episode Unless it's just something I have to, like, give my opinion on. But.
1: Well, you see my face right now. I'm like, nah, Scott. Naha.
0: <laughs> I will do my best.
1: You know, and that's all I can expect of you, Scott.
0: And sometimes the best isn't good enough.
1: That's right. But Banny's best was good enough when she beat you at air hockey. Um, <sighs> not all heroes wear capes. Some of them, some of them beat people at air hockey. So mm. if we're to, are we moving on to older watches then? Yeah. Yep. yep. So I watched Carnival of Sills, um, which is a older film. Have you seen Carn- 1962. Yeah. The, not the remake. Oh, no. Not the remake. The original. Oh, there's a remake?
0: Yeah. I think it was a, I want to say Wes Craven remade it in the 90s or something or 2000s. I'm not sure. But I think there was a remake of it. You mean that
1: wasn't Campfire Tales, which is almost the same fucking concept?
0: Oh, is it? Yeah. Campfire Sales
1: and Carnival of Souls* are very similar concepts. Gotcha. Um, yeah in my opinion. I can see where Campfire Tales got inspiration from. Ah. Um, yeah, good movie. Uh, it's a 78-minute runtime, made 1962, so it has all the 1960s stuff that comes with it. A uh, woman is a sole survivor of a fatal car accident um, through mysterious circumstances, and she takes a fresh job Uh, somewhere else but is constantly interrupted um, and is drawn to a strange carnival that continues to pass through every town she's in Uh, good film good film Um, I definitely recommend people checking it out I'm trying to watch more older films and this was my dive in at a 78 minute runtime I don't think you'll be disappointed Um, you can find it on the shutter Um, it is available on cultplex google play and uh amazon so if you're interested take a look for it
0: yep this is one i've always been curious about but just never got around to it yet yeah it's good nice i'll try checking it out at some point um the one i'm bringing to the table uh is thanks to the found footage phenomenon and that is uh it was brought up on that documentary and that is called frankenstein's army from 2013 and it's uh basically a story about these russian soldiers during world war ii that are uh it's like a team of these guys trying to find this find their lost uh squad that is like disappeared and like lost trace like no uh no one's been able to contact them they don't know where they're at exactly so they start just kind of like trying to like find their men and so they start going through this village and come across these weird half machine half human hybrid creations that are just like running amok and trying to kill things, and they find out there is a doctor that has been experimenting on all these soldiers, whether they're dead or alive. And it's a very interesting uh, mix of almost like steampunk body horror, Mm. because some of these creations are freaking disturbing and scary and... nice uh some really cool special effects were done in this and it's done in a found footage style because they have a guy that's like documenting everything as it's going along and yeah very very interesting I really dug the hell out of this uh some good gore just some amazing practical effects with these body horror monsters that are coming around like that are creations because there is a variety of them and it yeah it's a very very unique interesting story uh highly recommend this one.
1: Awesome. I I'm impressed that you watched something old finally. No, I didn't mean it like that. This has <laughs> been a long time. It has. Like, (laughs) and that's when Friday Nightmares fell apart. They didn't make it to episode 69 like both of them had dreamed of. (laughs) Right? It is a Um, shame. It is a shame. So those are our older watches. And thank you, Scott, for actually contributing. Um, (laughs) You're welcome, smartass. You're welcome. Um, What I'm going to talk about briefly is I... (laughs) I'm not sure if you know Scott, but I went to Europe. No,
0: no, you did.
2: No,
1: (laughs) Scott, this guy ran up close to the camera like we're fucking filming Blair Witch too.
2: Oh man, I'm so scared right now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, it looks really funny with his hat backwards too. It looks great. I feel like we just went back to a clerk's film. <laughs> Calm down, okay?
0: And today was supposed to be my day off. <laughs>
1: um so when I was in England,
0: I uh, Wait, But you were I in went... England?
1: I haven't talked about it enough, Scotty. I it was funny yesterday say. at the campground. Once in a while I turned in and go, hey, did you know that I went to Europe? <laughs> So you'd be quiet, I'd be like, hey, do you know I went to Europe? <laughs> you know, like those annoying people that all they want to do is talk about the trip, but this was actually something cool. So, anyway, I went to Newcastle Castle, <laughs> the castle of Newcastle, but it's actually called Newcastle Castle.
0: <laughs> actually, was it a
1: Newcastle? <laughs> I think it was, it, it was not. I'm
0: like,
1: it's also called the Castle Keep by the locals.
0: Because I have friends in Newcastle. So, so a castle is the castle keeper, keeper of all castles. Oh, look, look, D and D. Calm your fucking shit, okay? <laughs> hey, I'm just playing you for once. You always interrupt me and say some. Smart I know. Ass, it, side, is, side it is funny though.
1: Man, I am funny.
0: Oh man, uh, Great. debatable.
1: <laughs> well, this castle had a moat.
0: Ooh, I like moats.
1: Hey, that got you interested. So, it was a real castle, not like a fake one. So, I anyway, the reason why I'm telling the story is because my friend has done a talk there. And he took me to the room where he did the main talk. So there's like, and this is like definitely, you could tell where the chamber rooms used to be, you know, very steep, narrow stairs. You had to kind of like duck to get into certain rooms because people were shorter then, right? This castle was built in the, I think the 600s and was used up to like, I don't know, as a castle to, we'll say, the, the 13 or 14 hundreds. And there was one part where he, he showed me the big room where he did his talking, which would have been like the main hall, I guess you could say, where kings and queens would sit and take court. But if you went up these little side stairs, you would see where the jail was. So where they would jail people. So as I was walking up the stairs, I felt like this heavy presence on my chest, like just knowing it wasn't me being touched by somebody, just so we're clear, Scott. It was, it <laughs> you was, knew I was going there. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to have a good time in this castle. Um, and I was, and I was like, oh man, this just seems creepy. So I walked up more and I could see where the prisoner was kept. Like the area where it was, and they had their own separate like washroom area, but there was just this disturbing like feeling on the stairs. And I so anyway, I come back down and Mark says to me, He's like, Oh, so what did you think? He's like, you know, that's a pretty cool area up there. I'm like, Yeah, it is. I'm like, Yeah, it's it's really creepy on those stairs. He's like, What? I'm like, Yeah, on the stairs there. He's like, I gotta show you something. So he pulls out his phone, he goes to Facebook, he's like, So remember, I told you I did this talk here. Well, my friend took a a photograph of that area and there was like an image of something there. Hmm. And it was just like a light and it was all this other stuff. And it was, and you can see this like ghostly image in this guy's photograph. Interesting. It was being taken in the same spot that I said that I felt some kind of presence. So I thought that was kind of cool. So we continued to explore around the castle and it had these super long towers. So you would have to walk up these stairs and as you're walking up, they would like leave encouraging signs like, be thankful you're not doing this in armor because it would be a lot harder. Knights did yeah. that during time. You only got so many steps to go. We went all the way up to the top of the castle, and then there was an additional tower that you could climb, and then you could see all over the land. So you could see, you know, what they would have seen back in the day when they were watching people come towards the castle and they were trying to protect the area. So it was kind of cool to see this castle that was still existing and the ruins that came around it and just like the creepiness that was in there. And I asked um, the caretakers and they said that they've had some creepy stuff happen in that building and that, you know, walking around late at night is usually not something that any of them like to do.
2: Hmm.
0: um, I can imagine for obvious
1: reasons. Right. So I thought that was cool. I kind of talked about my ghost story in Ireland, but of course, England has its same level of ghosts and creepiness as well, too. Um, And finally, as a side little note, I was on the same street where Jack the Ripper killed his victims in London. And there's a lot of folklore and stuff behind that as well. So uh, those are my little adventures. And then Scott has a little adventure he wants to share as well.
0: Yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's interesting, actually, even if I was making fun of you. (laughs) Um, But no, the uh, little adventure I went on was also part of my Mackinac Island trip with Mandy. Um, We were just kind of walking around, just looking at all the stores. And, you know, just this is on our way back heading towards the ferry. So we're like, all right, let's just kind of see what's out there and just, you know, look at everything. And I came across this place called the Orpheum Theater, which is also known as Mackinac Island Haunted Theater. And I'm going, wait, what's this? So I stopped and was reading the signs and everything like that. And it sounded like it was like a haunted house. I'm going, okay, now I'm curious. Is this like your typical uh, haunted house with actors that are jumping out and scaring you? Or what type of haunted house is this?
2: Yeah.
0: So I went up and I talked to the guy at the booth that was on all the tickets. And I'm like, so what is this like? He's like, nope, there is no actors here. This is all animatronics. It's kind of old school and this and that. I'm going, all right, deal. This sounds pretty cool. So I bought tickets for Main Day Night and we started going through it. And as soon as we walked around the corner, I thought it was hilarious. It went from, you know, beautiful daylight. We turned around the corner, pitch black where you can't see a damn thing. Oh, I made like, one
1: of those. Yeah, I'm thanks. like
0: walking and I'm like trying to like just kind of guide myself by like this. Mandy is grabbing onto my shirt extremely tightly behind me. She's going, I swear to God, if there are any jump scare actors in this, I am going to kick your ass. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So I was like, I'm like, I'm just guiding us and walking. And then, yeah, like you come across, it kind of reminded me of uh, the wax museum we went to where it's like some nice. things will be behind glass and lit up. And But it, it reminded me of a mix of a wax museum with a uh, dark ride style animatronics. Nice. And so some stuff
1: popped out
0: at you. Yeah. Like some stuff would just kind of pop up out of coffins and everything was just like old school, reminded me of like seventies and eighties style animatronics. So it was all kind of extra creepy because they all look just a little not right. Um, but yeah, because oh, yeah, they're
1: old and like decaying, the and then you're like, "I, this is how I die." Right.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah. But like, it was really freaking cool. Like, there was a lot of really neat animatronics and some cheesy ones that just added to the whole thing. But yeah, the whole dark things in this pitch black, you're forced to go down this hallway. And then rooms would light up as you walk past them. So they had like a sensor. And when those rooms lit up, you'd see something in there. And I took a bunch of pictures, which I will make sure to share to our podcast page. Cause you've seen Thanks. them obviously. Cause I posted oh, yeah. them on the main page, but yeah, it was just a, see
1: everything Scott. I see it all,
0: but, uh, no, it was hilarious. Cause yeah, like hold our time. Mandy's just grabbing onto me, but like when it would light up and she'd start taking pictures and then she'd grab onto me again when it get pitch black. And she's like, I swear yeah. to God, something jumps out. I'm kicking your ass. And- it's so
1: nice that she protected you. She did. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Cause she knew I was scared.
1: Well, it's also that volunteer service she's doing. Right? Exactly. You can't have anything. Well, she didn't want to lose
0: person. me in the in the crowd, cause then she might get in trouble for losing one of the special. people. Right. Yes.
1: Exactly.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> so, it's true. Um. But like we were the only ones in there for the longest time. Like uh, so we were taking our time, taking a bunch of pictures, and just kind of just didn't enjoying like this experience, cause it wasn't very long. But like yeah, as long as you could you know take your time through it. Uh, towards the end we started hearing people screaming behind us so we're like oh there's a group of people coming behind so we had to move through it a little further but uh or a little quicker but yeah all in all i thought that was just really cool i I love these old school style like animatronic style haunted houses you don't see them very often anymore no you don't uh so it's definitely like a touristy trap thing but you know it was i think it was like 750 a ticket so it wasn't even that Ah. bad So I was like, yeah, this is totally worth it. It was just cool. Got a bunch of cool pictures from it.
1: You literally shouted out Wax Museum, Tourist Trap, like the two movies combined. Right. (laughs) Scott and Manny making a sequel as a found footage
0: film. Yes. It's not gonna be very good though, because I suck at making movies.
1: No, it's found footage. It doesn't have to be good. That's true oh my god what's going on oh my god you see that you just have to keep giving the reason why you're filming be like "Mandy, we have to capture every single thing we do because heather's mad that i don't watch horror movies so i have to show her <laughs> of all the other cool shit i do and then it will just be me watching the film footage at the end like okay let's pitch this movie scott okay it's me like i go out to your place you and Mandy are missing i'm like i just wish i could find them and then there's this video camera some reason you have this old school video camera i don't know you bought it at a pawn shop or something and i'm like okay um i need to watch it and i and i have to like go and get like an adapter somehow and i hook it up to the computer and i'm watching it and i'm watching you like oh my god this is so cool i just got this and oh man i'm gonna show mandy she's gonna think it's so fucking retro and shit and blah 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 for our trip away to mackinac again. Crazy. Uh, and like, it's like you filming Tim and Veronica as you're about to leave, and then like you're filming it, you pick her up, and she's like, Why do you got that camera? And you're like, Well, I just thought I filmed the trip because Heather says I don't watch any 2020 <laughs> movies, and I want to show her why. And then like everything happens, and then the end is you losing it, and then if the camera faces back to me, and one single tear falls down. <laughs> to me. Oh and God. I'm like, and I realize it's my fault because I harassed you with those 2020 <laughs> films, 2022 films and I'm, and I'm crying. And then all of a sudden you just see something come behind me and the camera cuts out. Sold. <laughs> Fucking found but 2020 film of 2022.
0: Perfect. <laughs> Love it.
1: It actually sounds pretty
0: good, doesn't it? Doesn't sound bad at all, actually. It
1: sounds like every horror cliche you could possibly think of.
0: <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Okay. Oh. all right you heard it here first someone steals this idea we're suing
1: manny i'm sorry that you have to go missing too but it kind of needs to happen for the plot line (laughs) they can find you eventually but they're never gonna find scott
0: (laughs) or the end scene i become one of the animatronics
1: yeah but that yeah that's true like i have been
0: i have been basically taxidermied and now i'm one of the animatronics (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's you with your beard yes. <laughs> it's like it drops down all the time it's like floppy. it's everywhere
0: yep. got a triangle on my head got my got my right. no, no shave beard <laughs> but I, I totally
1: like set up the whole you getting the retro camera being annoying with Tim saying to me you anyway, had to have it she giving you shit about it. it would be great it'd be great it'd be great and you would document stupid shit that you do if you actually had a video camera that you could operate with you everywhere you probably would document everything fuck yeah i would you know what you like take pictures holy fuck you would document (laughs) you are found footage waiting to happen scotty i am you are you are found footage you have the law i am footage. (laughs) jesus christ scott's really pumped for this now he's so excited oh i'm
0: sold this is gonna happen
1: exploding heads is supposed to make a movie fuck that friday nightmares is coming with their family. It's- fuck yeah. yeah we are <laughs> we don't have a patreon you know what i was thinking about all the better podcasts that we shout out all the time like the exploding head movies the exploding head horror movie podcast the horror returns horror for dummies they all have fucking patreons they all do, do. yeah we don't see here's the thing scott and i don't think anyone will pay for <laughs>
0: Well, and I just don't want to do extra work for Patreon.
1: Barely do work for now. Right. Barely do work for now. So, but anyway, uh, we will take a break and we will be back and we're gonna talk about some some German horror.
2: Hell yeah. We no, we're not
1: talking about Scott's preference of pornography. We're gonna be talking about horror movies. <laughs> so after these messages, we'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello, who is this? Who are you trying to reach? I don't know. Oh, I think you've got the wrong number. Do I? I'm going to hang up. Wait,
2: don't hang up. What's that noise? Popcorn. You're making popcorn? Uh-huh. I only eat popcorn when I listen to
1: podcasts. <sighs> I'm about to listen to a podcast. Probably the podcast on Haunted Hill. Is
2: that the one with the two guys with the beards? Uh, yeah, Dan and Gav. Dan and Gav, yeah. That podcast was scary, I liked
1: it. Most episodes they look at two different horror movies. Each episode they look at a world of the strange, where they look at weird things from around the world. Sometimes they even do special episodes where they look at different genres or directors, discographies and talk about them.
2: Mm. do you have a boyfriend?
1: Maybe. We you could go to legionpodcast.com, Facebook, Twitter, or just go into iTunes and search for the podcast on Haunted Hill. So, you going to ask me out? And welcome back. Today, we are going to be talking about German horror. So this is going to be um, the language not necessarily the country right because we do have some Austri- Austri- austrian Aust- yeah, austrian austrian films um but the first film that we're going to talk about is we're going to go fucking old school
0: yeah i think uh the oldest film we've ever talked about on our show so far. yeah that we 100 reviewed. years old
2: <laughs>
1: so uh, and look at us you know not all podcasts are as great as ours
0: actually most they're, better.
1: they're better <laughs> um but let's bring in this first film Scotty all
0: right so the fil- first film we're going to talk about tonight is Nosferatu which was released March 5th 1922 in this highly influential silent horror film the mysterious Count Orlock summons thomas hutter to his remote transylvanian castle in the mountains the eerie orlock seeks to buy a house near hutter and his wife ellen and after orlock reveals his vampire nature hutter struggles to escape the castle knowing that ellen is in grave danger meanwhile orlock's servant knock prepares for his master to arrive at his new home
1: first off when you say orlock did you not think orlick and you thought of brandon the entire time
0: Actually, before I met Brandon Orlick, I always like got like when I hear Orlick, I always want to say Orlock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll tell Brandon that later.
0: Uh, Brandon, Brandon Orlock now. He's Orlock. He's Orlock. Um, yeah. What did you think of this movie, Scott? Um, you know, uh, as everyone knows, like we, I have not really dived into a ton of silent films. I think the uh, only two I've ever seen before this were Dr uh the cabinet of dr caligari which is also a german film and then uh hexen which who knows maybe we'll cover that uh event at some point with another language as we move on but um maybe. i actually thought this was especially you know looking back at being 1922 100 years old which is freaking crazy to think um mm-hmm. uh this was Very creepy, especially for its time. It's got a lot of creepy imagery to it that obviously has stood the the test of time. And like, you know, I've seen a lot of like still images from this film used a lot. And I've seen obviously this film playing in background during other horror films. And there's a reason why this film was very extremely influential and I can see why. yeah, it's slow at parts because it's obviously building up the story. It's uh, definitely based off of Bram Stoker's Dracula novel.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, but like, yeah, when Count Orlock is like full on creepy vampire, it is pretty damn creepy, especially for its time. Like, I, I thought this was a very enjoyable watch altogether. I agree
1: with you. I think that this movie, um, I have a friend that really likes these films and I told him it was bad just to make them upset. <laughs> um <laughs> Because I'm a bully, and I bully everyone, but I'm gonna get my cut up one day, and then that damn footage film comes out, and I cry, and then I get taken but <laughs> i I do think you know here's the thing with films like this: if we didn't have notferrato nineteen ninety oh, sorry nineteen twenty two we wouldn't have the films we have today. Yeah. You know, for the pure aspect of the editing that went into this and how challenging that must have been at the time. Yeah. To slice, literally slice pieces of film together. Um the ability to communicate emotions without sound on the film yeah, and that you would just have some small writing sometimes to see like it wasn't even subtitled it was just like a sheet that had some writing on it and then you would just have to watch interactions to see what how people were reacting to things and I think that really says a lot about talent and I think that is something that we have lost when we moved from the silent era to speaking films is that these actors had to portray emotions without saying a word. You had to tell a story with very minimal dialogue and you relied a lot on music and, and the visuals at the time. And I think this film really emphasizes that. And I do agree. It is creepy, uh, especially like where he said he, the gentleman um, Thomas Hunter shows his, or Hunter shows his uh, picture of his wife, like, I guess the, the vampire or Count Orlock sees the, uh, sees the picture of his wife and says, comments, your wife has a nice neck. Yes. Right, what a creepy thing. Or he thinks that he's been bitten by two mosquitoes and he's writing to his wife about mosquito bites that he got and how random they are. And, you know, the state, blood is life, blood is life, blood is life. You know, there's some really great iconic lines that come from this film. And great storytelling. You know, you get, you get some character development at the beginning of why we care about Thomas, and why we mm-hmm. care about his wife, um, and why we're concerned of what's going to happen to her. We're we see why we dread Orlok, and we get why he's a creepy, you know, fucking dude that you don't want to meet on a dark corner anywhere ever. Right. And I think with the makeup that was done at the time and everything else, the costume design, like I don't think Slime in the films will ever be my go-to. I don't necessarily enjoy films that are made in this era because I do like talking. I do like yeah. hearing the emotion. Um, I'm, you know, not from this time period, so I don't have the strongest appreciation for it. I know other people do. I just don't. But a lot of respect, and it really gives me a really good concept on how filmmaking has evolved and what they had to work with back then.
0: Agreed. Like, uh like, I find the silent film era very fascinating just because, you know, it shows, it is the history of film and yeah. especially in horror and like showing that, you know, horror has been around a long fucking time and mm-hmm. is not going to go anywhere. And like, no matter how many people treat the genre as a redheaded stepchild, it is like one of the things that has built studios up from the ground and made them what they are today. I mean, look at Universal Studios. Yeah. Or actors. Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, this is like, you know, and it's cool to go back and see the history of all this. And I did, I didn't mention it when I first gave my thoughts, but uh, the score, the score was amazing. Incredible. I mean, Incredible. very creepy in moments like it. Yeah. Like this was just a really well done film. And I'm so glad that uh, we decided to do this for this topic. Cause I was like, you know, this, it's something I've always wanted to watch, but never had the motivation to. So I'm glad yeah. that like this forced me to watch it and Absolutely. I'm glad it did.
1: And, you know, I think where we look at Europe and Germany particularly, and we go through the other German films that we watched, this film doesn't really have a happy ending. No. Like, it does, it has a, like, I guess you could say quasi-happy ending, but not really. And neither really did the rest of the films we watched either. No. Right? Um, They really kind of left it like, you know, well, things are okay, but they're not great. Right. (laughs) Like... (laughs) you know, there's sometimes sacrifices made by characters or other times the villain wins or like Ellen, his wife dies in this. And it's sad, like it's sad when she dies And, and and the grief that Thomas feels. And I think that to communicate that through film, especially silent film is extremely talented and also it kind of set the bridge for what German horror is. And what I do really appreciate about the German films that we've watched is that they don't shy away from making you uncomfortable with the ending they don't shy away with making you upset they don't shy away with not making everything okay and i think that you know we see that with some other genres as well the french are known as known for that so are the spanish um not so much the uk films i found the uk films generally speaking could go back and forth on depending how they ended um but yeah definitely with german horror it's it's dark and this film kind of shows how dark it was at the time.
0: Yeah, and I was saying, like, yeah, once again, a hundred year old film. That's yeah, got, it's pretty freaking dark. It is, and it holds up today in
1: terms of entertainment value. And I think you got like, can you imagine being in 1922 and going to the going to the theater and watching this film? Right. Because really, it's a folklore of 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 Bram Stoker's Dracula, you know, and it's and it's a folklore of vampires. And this is where folklore get their strength from is when they're made into film. And more people can share in the story because folklore grows from the story being told over and over and over again, and more of a belief and buy into of, Oh yeah, that's not real. Or is it right? You know? And I think this movie is a great example of the starting of that.
0: Oh, a hundred percent agree. And this makes me want to watch the uh, remake from the seventies. I, yeah, Hers- I, so. I think it was Warner Herzog directed it. I could be wrong on the director, but uh yeah, then there is also uh, this I did watch, but uh, Shadow of the Vampire, which was an interesting take on this story because it was basically like, hey, we're going to make a movie about Nosferatu, like a vampire. We're going to get this guy that looks really creepy, and his name is Max Shrek. And yeah. oh, Max Shrek's actually a real vampire. And like, the story kind of plays out like that. It's a very, very cool movie. And I'll then, check that out. Then also, uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Robert Eggers, director of The Witch, is lining up to do a Nosferatu remake
1: be interesting because I think that, you know, people will get upset, you know, well, maybe not because he has a good palate and he has a good history. So people may tolerate that a little bit more and it doesn't take away, again, just so everyone's clear. It doesn't take away from the 1920, 20 the nineteen twenty twenty two movie or 22, 19, 22 1922. 22. Thank you. <laughs> um, it doesn't take away from it. You can like a remake and the original. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I'll be interested to see what happens from that. But I feel as though this set the stage for some of the darker films that were to come. um and one of them is one we're going to talk about right now um that received a remake that was seen per scene remake 10 years later roughly give or take yep um so yeah scotty why don't you bring us in with the next one
0: all right so the next movie we're going to talk about is funny games released may 14th 1997 an idyllic lakeside vacation home is terrorized by paul and peter a pair of deeply disturbed young men When the fearful Anna is home alone, the two men drop by for a visit that quickly turns violent and terrifying. Husband George comes to her rescue, but Paul and Peter take the family hostage and subject them to nightmarish abuse and humiliation. From time to time, Paul talks to the film's audience, making it complicit in the horror. So I was uh, introduced to this film by my good friend Randall many, many, many years ago. And it was one of those, like I've only seen this version of the film twice now. Mm-hmm. um i've seen it and it has stuck with me since it is one of those mm-hmm. films just like damn okay this is messed up um the remake is exactly like what you said a shot for shot remake starring naomi watts and uh i can't remember his name off the top of my head right now but uh yeah another well-known actor and um, uh, and it's also not only is it a shot for shot remake it is a shot for shot remake done by these this director so the director is the, remade ending his
1: the ending is the same
0: yep wow I think there is only one slight change in the remake where uh Naomi Watts grabs the gun from the guys and she shoots one of them and kills him and during that scene the uh I think his name was Paul uh grabs the grabs a TV remote and goes no this isn't supposed to happen and rewind hits rewind and it rewinds the movie back before his brother gets shot and then it's like replays and then the rest of the movie plays out like the rest like the film.
1: Well that happened in this film too but it was
0: oh wait i'm sorry yeah i'm yeah crap uh yeah okay i'm for some reason i like it completely like skipped my mind like even though i just watched it i was just like it completely slipped my mind that that happened to this too
1: well because i remember you were the one that told me about this because you talked about breaking the fourth wall
0: yes right and and how he looks um, at the audience quite often yeah
1: yeah and he looks at the audience and, and tries to make that connection and rewinding it and um fuck you like you had warned me about this film you had mentioned
0: it a couple of times because this is this was in my top five most uncomfortable films
1: yeah you you know and I can totally see why I ended up not watching it that time I'm glad again because eventually it all comes around and we end up watching films anyway um and fuck this is a dark film and you were right the beginning part of it where he comes in just asking for eggs so innocently And even like the creepy part where how they set up their victims that you put together at the end is that they bring over whoever it is that they're currently terrorizing, get that person to lie about Mm -hmm. how they know that individual. And then they come back later asking for eggs. Like it is a foolproof, and they're targeting which homes? Yep. um, Homes with money.
0: Yeah, gated communities.
1: Gated communities. And you really don't get a rhyme or reason because you don't really necessarily believe anything they say.
0: Yeah. You know, like, like you don't know what their real names are. Like, they've called yeah. each other Beavis and Butthead. They've called each other Tom and Jerry. Like, they're constantly, yeah. like, telling different stories all the time.
1: Yeah, and, like, the one sleeps with his mom and all this other shit and, like, talks about traumatizing stuff. And the funny games, like, are ones that, obviously, they're torture games. They're like the concept of Saw, to be yeah. honest with you, right? Only there's no kind of reasoning behind it. It's just they're doing these horrible things. And you feel the uncomfortableness, not at first when he comes in to get the eggs, but when he drops the phone in the water, and then when he drops the eggs, and then the mom's getting frustrated, the husband comes home, and then things just turn, and the poor little kid that you think is going to get away, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't. And I do appreciate, you know, maybe a fault of criticism of this film could be a lot of violence is done off scene. Right. You don't see, for example, the dog get killed, but you know that the dog gets killed. Um, you don't see the child get shot, but, you know, the child gets shot and you see the aftermath of it and you see the grieving and that grieving scene of the mother was fucking haunting.
0: Yeah. That whole scene where it just like, if it wasn't for that TV playing in the background the whole time, you would think the movie, movie froze up because it just sits there for what? Good four minutes. Yeah. And you're just watching where it's just silence in that TV screens, just playing like the race in the background. Yeah and it's just well and the commentary is reflective
1: of what's going on like yeah you know what i mean like they're commentating but you could see it playing out with what's happening like they're talking about a catastrophe that happened in the race which is what you're seeing happen. in
0: you know yeah like it's like they make sure to focus on this and you are just witness to everything and that is also why i i like the breaking of the fourth wall because this character is looking back at us as the audience going well you wanted to watch this here you are like it's pretty much making us complicit with what's going on on screen yeah and i really it's really a brilliant idea of how he did that and like, yeah. yeah, like and going back to the whole uh, dropping of the eggs and everything that is part of their game. They are purposely trying to be annoying and just drive these just kind of push these people's buttons a little bit.
2: Yeah,
1: but they're being annoying to a point that's not but it's not yeah. to the point that you would kick someone out of your house. Right, what I exactly. really appreciate about this film is I hated these kids. Yeah. Like I wanted to show up and shoot them in the fucking head. Like I just was like, sorry to talk about guns, Scotty. But like yeah, it's, it's fine, you know what I mean? Like it was, it was, it brought that anger out of me that I wanted vengeance for this family. Cause I'm like, they've done nothing wrong. I felt very similar with like Eden. Yeah. Or Eden Lake. Sorry, Eden Lake. Um, and I think that this film again did it perfectly. These kids are just so evil and calm and manipulative, and they have a process that works every time. We see it work. At the tail end with that first family, we see it in full focus with this middle family. And then at the end of it, we see they're going to a third family.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's the one the family that came across on the boat. Yes. They were talking to the mother yes. of this family. And they yes. the- you can even see where he's plotting out his next plan because he's like, oh, where do you live? Oh, we live right, right. across the lake right over there. And that's yeah. where he's like, yep, our next victim right there.
1: Right, And that's exactly what happened the first time when that other family saw. So then, then the family that's about to be killed is aware that they've set up new victims. Yeah. So now you know that you've set up new victims for these people to go kill. Like the psychology behind this film is fucking brilliant. And it takes the middle family as a family. Like, you could do a prequel and you could do a sequel. Somebody yeah. would probably be the same fucked up shit. Unless in that third family, you know, one of them shows up and gets a gun and does something. Right. And these guys get their carnappins, which you would probably everyone would love because I don't think anyone would get behind these, these two kids. But that's also the sign of a great villain. These kids were you hated them.
0: Yeah. These and kids were awful,
1: awful, awful human beings. And the acting is believable. You believe that Anne is fearful trying to protect her son, the son who gets upset when his dad is getting the shit kicked out of him. Like it's a hard watch. You're right. It's an uncomfortable hard watch. And you know, we go back to *Nafaratu*, which has an unhappy ending, which is sad. You know, maybe uncomfortable at the time in 1922, but like sad. To this as a German film, where it's just like we're going to creep you out with something that could happen. Yeah. And you're going to have no fucking control. And guess what? There's no justice.
0: There's none. No, not a single bit of justice. And and you're
1: you're going to watch this family get dragged out and killed slowly.
0: Yeah, and the messed up part is like this is happening in a you know place that you would think would be nice and safe because it's a gated community mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. happening right in broad fucking daylight for the mm-hmm. most of the film until it becomes night, obviously. But like most of this shit is happening during the daytime and it mm. is so uh-huh. just messed up because yeah,
1: this could happen. Absolutely, absolutely. And I, I I think that this film is a hard ride. Like it is, it reminds me a lot of how I felt during murders. It's just a hard grind. And you're sitting through this film and you're like, fuck, this is emotional. Fuck, this is, you know, this is hard. It's not, it's not a film that I'd be like, oh, man, you know what? I feel like sitting down and relaxing and watching fun games right. today. You know, I, I would recommend it to people as a film that I think will challenge your perceptions of, um torture and if you want to see some exceptional acting, good script writing, excellent filming like when they film back and film that tv scene like it really does give you that sense as an audience that you're that you're being um an accessory. Yes. Through your viewership, right? Um I think that that's fucking brilliant, but it's not a film that's re- like for me rewatchable. Not because it's not good. It's fucking up there. It's one of the probably the better horror films I've ever seen. It's just heavy.
0: Yeah, it's very heavy. Like I've right? I've seen like If you count this in the remake, I have now seen this a total of four times. Um, That's because, obviously, once was the original introduced to me, then I found the remake at one of the disc replays here, and it was for like $2. I was like, oh, screw it. I'll buy it, and I'll watch the remake, see if there is any difference. And there really wasn't. And um, then I rewatched the remake for prep for our show for when we did the top five most uncomfortable films Mm -hmm. because I didn't know if there was any access to the original yet. Um, And then, yeah, once we decided to do this topic, I was like, fuck it, let's do the original again, because I hadn't seen it since like when I first got introduced to it. So I've seen it four times. I'm sure I'll watch it a few more times through my life. But it's not like, uh, oh, I got to rewatch this every year because no, it is fucking heavy. But it's just a good film.
1: I won't rewatch this again until I need to for a podcast. And it's not because it's not a good film. Right. If anything, that means it's a good fucking horror film. Right. Like, unless I'm like something like Serbian film where I'm like, I don't need to watch it because I don't think it's that shocking. Like, this is way more fucking shocking than Serbian film is. All Right. Like, Serbian film is shocking because it's like, ooh, pornography. Ooh, look at how dark it is. Ooh, look at us. Like, this movie is more like, yeah, you want to be fucking uncomfortable? These guys plot each kill and have each family help them to kill their next one as they're torturing them. Right. And they come across so subtly and so unintrusive and so trusting, and they set it up each time that it's almost impossible to stop it. Now, yeah. obviously, like, we're for we're for going fingerprints and all that shit you do in every horror movie that you just kind of go, you know.
0: Well, to be fair, they were wearing gloves the whole time. That is true. Because they even true, said but... that, uh, he had, uh, what was it, uh, uh, like that, ac- that uh, act I can't remember the name, but he had like the disease when it's like acne all over your body. Oh,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he,
0: like that was his reasoning for wearing gloves is why, but no, he was just yeah. doing it because he didn't want fingerprints behind.
1: Right. He, he definitely, like each, and these guys you just hate, and you're right, the ending scene where he looks at the camera and that hard fucking metal music, like let's talk about the fucking metal music that mm. comes in at this film. It happens at the beginning randomly he scared the fuck out of me when it started playing <laughs> and then it happens at the end and I think that music was put in perfectly like this director knew what he was doing when he made this film yeah everything from the music to the setting to the acting to the way he had the scene set up to the filming like, incredible
0: just incredible yeah because it's especially when he set it up in the beginning because at the beginning they're like playing classical music while they're driving and trying to guess the composer and this and that, like playing a little family game while they're on the road trip. Like very upper class. Yeah. Like, yeah, very hoity-toity type people. And uh, yeah, then like right when the uh, title card comes across the screen, it turns into this fucking like screamy death metal, like banshee wailing, just obnoxious and grating to the ears sound. And it's basically like, yep. So here's what look, what we're presenting on screen. Beautiful, serene, but this is the meat of the movie destruction and yeah. horror. And yeah, it's like this is going to make you uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, heavy, like it's, heavy fucking film.
0: Yeah, but uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, we I got you to watch this because I like I knew this would be one that you'd probably just not want to watch because of me talking about how heavy it is. So I'm glad that we decided to do it for this podcast. Me too.
1: And it you know, again, it expands your understanding of different horror that's out there. And this would be hard to take for some people. Like, I'm definitely going to give a trigger warning here. Like, this film is not easy to watch, so. No. You Know take care and if it's something that doesn't sound like it's for you, it's okay. It doesn't make you less of a fucking horror fan because you don't want to watch funny games or Serbian film or martyrs or solo or I don't know, some of the other fucking heavy shit we've watched. I can't think of anything else at the moment, but we've watched a lot of heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't it doesn't make you less of a horror fan because you don't want to say or uh, cannibal holocaust. You know, it doesn't make you less of a horror fan because you don't want to watch that shit. Like, it's, it's, or inside, you know, a lot of, there's a lot of real, like, dark fucking films that are out there. And this is one of them. It's a really dark film. Um, but well done. If you can handle that and you're interested in the whole breaking of the fourth wall and really good acting, really good writing, this film's for you for sure. Um, and another film that I thought was actually quite good and did a concept really well, even though this concept's been done to death now. Um, I got to remember this was back in 2014,
0: so it was a little fresh and I'll let you bring in this one, Scotty. All right. So the next movie we are going to talk about is good night mommy, which was released January 15th, 2014 twin boys who do everything together from collecting beetles to feeding stray cats welcome their mother home after her reconstructive surgery. But with her face wrapped in bandages and her demeanor distant, they grow suspicious of her identity. Um, so yeah, this is a, this is a second time watch for me. I uh, watched this for uh, the horror drunks podcast way back in the day. And uh, like, I was very intrigued by this. Cause like, yeah, it, like, like, cause like, this has been done before. And even during this time it's been done before, but it wasn't as often, mm-hmm. but, uh, and it caught me completely off guard. Now rewatching it, I was like, okay they make some very obvious like signs that this is what's happening we'll get into that as we get into the more of the movie mm-hmm. but uh yeah so like yeah these boys look like twins and mm-hmm. i think they might have been twins in real life because they yeah, they look identical they to- are
1: i checked up the actors
0: okay did you okay yeah. um and yeah like like the synopsis says they do everything together and yeah their mother is all wrapped up because she did have reconstructive surgery on her face because she is you find out later she is a uh game show host and yeah like she had a like she did some reconstructive surgery because of course when you're on tv you know you're encouraged to look prettier and more and more blah blah have surgeries done to like be able to get more gigs or to keep your career going or you know if you're getting older to continue to stay young so you'll still have your gig and I think that's what was going on here is that, you know, as she's getting older, like she needed the surgery to make herself still look young.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: And, but yeah, her kids just don't seem to think that she's really who she is because right. they can't see her face. And she does act kind of mean at uh, at times, which I think is just from mm-hmm. the pain and irritation of mm-hmm. the children just acting up because they are young boys. And of course, yeah. boys as we all know boys can be a handful at that age yeah yeah where little girls don't seem to be nearly as much of a handful at that age compared to boys
1: the only question i had is who took care of the kid while she was gone in surgery that is a good question like because we don't they don't I guess really I thought get a there. big part of the plot but i thought that was weird
0: yeah like the, he did bring up his dad so maybe he stayed with his dad i or, guess like i wasn't too sure on that one
1: Right? Because I did, so I watched this movie fully through till the twist, and then I went back and watched it up to that point again. Oh, did you? Okay. And I read the Wikipedia, I was like, what? Because there was a scene that happens that I didn't put together that that's what was happening so before I continue is there anything you want to add for your initial thoughts before I come back with my questions no and hopefully you can like okay so so we're going to give some spoilers here we've we typically spoil in this area obviously we, we spoiled funny games but that came out in 1997 and not for raw came out 100 years ago so you know spoiling those movies aren't as intense but I just want to say I'm going to spoil good like good night mommy now with twist so if for some reason you haven't watched it please move on ahead So it presents that two twins are there, but one is actually dead. And the one is hallucinating that his brother is there. Now, I read on Wikipedia that the opening scene of them going swimming, where his brother holds his breath underwater, is where the death occurred. That that's how his brother actually died. Not in that scene necessarily, but that's what happened. And that's why the mom's like, it's not your fault oh right because they had gone swimming and because in the opening scene you see these two twin boys go swimming and like typical kids the ones holding his breath underwater but he doesn't come up for a really really long time but in reality that's how his brother died and the twin blamed himself for his brother dying
0: i didn't think of that yeah
1: well that's what it said on wikipedia i don't know like i'm just reading like because i was kind of like how did i miss this like right. how did i not put together that there's only one kid now it makes sense with a lot of things that she does like just speaking to the one punishing yeah. the one
0: always uh offering food to the one and not the other
1: other yeah right like there's it's and then you know you find out when she's being tortured she's like i'll go back to offering food cuz you you realize when the one remaining boy is convinced that it's not his mother, and they and he tortures her.
2: Yeah, in horrible it's kind ways. of like
1: you got to kind of suspend disbelief that this kid could like if there's two of them, I could see them out powering yeah. her. But I guess she's weak from surgery and stuff too, right? So you like, yeah. Anyway, it's it's not a bad film. I'm Not trying to poke holes in the plot. Like no, no, just a you know, uh, good thing to bring up. I was just kind of confused, but yeah, if you're right, Scott, when you go back and you watch it, knowing the twist, you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like this is the things that she's doing. But the first time you watch it, it does do a good job of kind of making you think either these boys are acting out because they're upset or there is something here with their mom.
0: Yeah, because like the, they even like even the uh, movie tries to fool you with your with the mom when she goes out into the woods and she just undresses. And then all of a sudden, like her head just starts doing that spasmy weird thing. Yeah. I mean, obviously, yeah. that is a nightmare that the boy had. Yeah. But at the same time, it makes you go, hmm, wait a minute. Is she not really who she says she is? right
1: yeah it and, was it was interesting
0: yeah like it definitely keeps you guessing for a long time like okay because like I think what the movie does great is like obviously it gives you hints that one of them is not really there but yeah. if you're the first time watching it I think uh because the hints are pretty a uh, damn obvious when you yeah. go back and rewatch it but I think what detracts like what helps is this movie makes you think that the mother is not really the mother the whole time that you don't realize that the boy is not really there. I think it's it's a kind of a uh good way to sidetrack you and distract you from that. And like, you
1: know what I think is really interesting too, Scott, is you probably saw Beautiful Mind, right? Yep. And you saw the movie recently, the movie The Twin on Shutter. So we may give
0: a spoiler here. No, I have not twin. seen the Twin yet.
1: Oh fuck. Okay.
0: That is one, uh, because that was also uh, one I need to watch still.
1: Okay, we'll go with A Beautiful Mind then.
0: There are other films
1: where there's a hallucination. Do you ever find that when the hallucination, like when someone challenges it and goes, no, Scott, like let's say Scott was hallucinating that there was, I don't know, another, he had a twin. And I was like, no, Scott, the twin's not real. Like, and Scott finally starts to believe me. The t- the hallucination gets upset. Yeah, because that happened in A Beautiful Mind. Mm-hmm. That happened in this movie, right? Where the hallucination becomes angry. Yeah, like no, that's not true. They're lying. Don't listen to them. You know, it's a really it's it's really an interesting take on the power of mental illness. It really that is. Your brain can manipulate itself to believe that now what you are believing has been your friend is angry and doesn't want you to believe that they don't exist. And I think that has to do with your brain, you know, and it and it almost separates it. It almost makes it like, well, maybe it is real because right. why would my brain trick me? And But really, you know, if we think about the brain pattern, of course, it wants to protect itself and protect the image that it has. So of course, you know, if you don't want that image to be fake, you're going to have that it's arguing like, oh, no, I am real, I am real, I am here, you know, I don't, don't abandon me, don't give up this, this, these thoughts. Um, I just think that's really interesting. Because I've noticed <laughs> that in a lot of, because it's been a theme of like, oh, they never existed in the first place, like the, the hallucinations tend to get angry. And I find mm-hmm. that fascinating.
0: Yeah, I was just saying, like, I think it's uh become way more pre- prevalent over the last couple of years, because, like, we've had a lot of these films over the last couple of years. So, like, and it's become way, way more noticeable. And, yeah, like, yeah, your brain is a very powerful tool.
1: It really is, right? And I think that this film really did, you know, emphasize the trauma that comes with death and grieving mm-hmm. and how the, both the mom and the son, like, she wanted to move on because of the pain um of losing the other twin and then the constant reminder of the one twin that's left and you know and the guilt and everything else and then torturing his mom is you know she wets the bed and the and the fucking fire that he starts and she burns to death like the the the, when the red cross workers come and she's being tortured upstairs that is anticipate like the anxiety Mm. in that is crazy like it's crazy crazy stressful
0: um and the only issue i have with this film Because it's not like this was the 90s or the 80s, it was 2014. If you have a if you if your family suffered a loss, such as a twin boy like that, and you see that your surviving son is pretending like the other one is still there, wouldn't you be trying to seek some type of trauma therapy for the child or something to because that would be deeply concerning to me as a parent, seeing that my son is talking to my dead son that is not there anymore, and pretending he's yeah. still alive, I would be deeply concerned.
1: I hundred, yeah, I hundred percent agree with you, Scott. It, but it's the same thing with me. Like, who took care of these fucking kids? They're this kid. Well, they were gone, and it's horror movie
2: logic, right? You know, and plus,
0: it's, plus, you could also probably toss it up to the fact that she's too focused on her career to pay much yeah. attention to her son because obviously she's getting the facial reconstruction, yeah.
1: yeah, or grieving herself, you know, and she's trying to process that one kid is dead and. Yeah, like, but I think we're pointing out some good plot holes, but you
0: know, horror movie logic, right?
1: You right, exactly. Forgive it. And
0: it's not yeah, something that detracts time. from the movie, but it's something no. that I just wanted to point out.
1: But when the moment you do a movie like this, the moment you do a movie where it's a hallucination and it's mental illness, you kind of have to collect out, click, you know, check out logic because yeah, absolutely. You know, if, if Scott, you started talking to someone who wasn't there, I would probably, you know, I am friends with your mom on Facebook. I'd probably be reaching out to your mom and saying, hey, like, I'm Concerned this is something that Scott's been doing. Like I wouldn't be like, oh yeah, Scott, let me talk to your hallucination as well. Like I <laughs> right. would, you know, I would I might humor you to kind of just keep you calm and keep you talking to me, but I would be reaching out to your mom, for example. Like, and I'm sure you would do the same with me. You're friends yeah. with my dad on Facebook. If you if I was talking to someone that wasn't there all the time, or you would talk to George, or you would talk to Anne, or you talk to Amber, like you would reach out to someone who knows me and be like, look, Heather's doing these things. I'm really concerned, Um, you know, like, that's normal what normal people would do. They wouldn't be like, oh, no, that's fine. And just, like, let me do whatever I'm doing, right? Right. So I agree with you. But I will say the twist got me off guard. And then when they're all together at the end, which I simulate they all died, Mm -hmm. um, the boy and her, and and then the original twin as well. And they're all three of them are together, and they're singing the song that they sang at the beginning.
0: I picture the one boy still surviving, and since he imagined his brother, oh. I think he imagined his mother back to way she was too, and then just imagined this happy family.
1: So there's the three of them together. Yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely, because they do stare at the camera uncomfortably. This was
0: another <laughs> film that had
1: a lot of uncomfortable camera stares. You yeah. saw it in too, with the vampire Count Orlock, mm-hmm. Orlock, you know, I was it like Orlock, <laughs> and you saw it in Funny Games, and then you saw it again in Good Night, Mommy. There was some fucking that awkward. Like at the end, I was like, like they're still staring. I'm like, why are they still staring?
0: Right, just just hauntingly staring there.
1: Right. Um, when someone just stares into the camera like that, it is haunting. Just so we're clear, like it's yeah, see, it's creepy. Okay, but we're talking right now, so it's not that weird. <laughs> scotty scotty has his face right up to the camera and is trying to scare me and it works so we're not doing the rest of this podcast um but yeah good movie i recommend it to people i think it's you know yet again not a happy ending at all well unless you consider him having these hallucinations a happy ending um not a happy ending at all very traumatic um, yes. but very well filmed very well done just some just not as good as funny games i found more um issues with this one than i found in funny games
0: right um and also i guess this is getting a american remake treatment at some point
1: oh interesting has been that on the docket for a while not that will be definitely different um not like this one i don't think oh maybe it will be i don't know I guess we'll yeah see.
0: who knows maybe it'll be a shot for shot
1: maybe right but you never time. know right you never know all right, our final one, uh, which is just a random one we found on Shutter that was available and had a
0: good yep. high rating. So Yeah, I was impressed by it. So yeah. uh the next movie on our uh the final movie for our topic is Cold Hell, released January 17th, 2017. Azga is a young Turkish-born taxi driver who attends evening classes and is also an ambitious Thai boxer, kickboxer, <laughs> because she even clear uh she even rectifies that when the guy says Thai boxer. Yeah. <laughs> um she rarely speaks, but trains hard. One day, she witnesses an extremely brutal murder. Uh, very weird synopsis there. But uh, basically, yeah. she witnesses a murder and realizes that the murderer is staring right back at her and notices her. And so then the hunt is on, and she is worried and concerned about her safety for a good reason. Um, yeah, this plays out kind of like a modern-day detective noir story. Uh, yes, it's not- it is. <clears throat> it's not really horror is more of a thriller but it's got like very violent scenes to it so it fits yeah it fits well in the horror genre as well hey and shutter picked it up so exactly shutter, it's horror enough for shutter right exactly um okay. but i found uh the character of osga Oz- or however you pronounce her name very uh like she's very cold at first and mm-hmm but then when you start peeling back the layers of her she is a very complex character but a strong fucking woman yeah and
1: and there's complex of like abuse that happened in her life sexual abuse by her father and why she doesn't want to leave um so her friend gets killed and murdered uh and she ends up taking custody of the kid and i think it's a is her sister that gets killed
0: Yes, it's her sister that it's gets sister. killed, and it's like a legal, no legal custody because she basically kidnaps the child.
1: Basically, kidnaps the child after like she kind of gets thrown at her because her sister slaughtered in this apartment. Yep, and the reason um, she
0: kidnaps the child though is because she found out that it was going to go to her parents, who was and, the one that abused her when she was young.
1: Yeah, so and she doesn't want that to obviously happen. Um, she she witnesses this murder of a prostitute. Like, there's a lot of like subtle shit that talks about in this movie. You're talking about sexual abuse, prostitution, and how prostitutes are treated and her trying to kind of figure it out she knows who the person is and of course the person is a high-end businessman um, who ends up being the murderer and it's it's actually a really good cat and mouse movie of her trying to bring him to justice before he does it again mean that while trying to protect her niece and there's a actually and there's a romance in this that I actually rather liked so did I I'll be honest I was kind of rooting for them I yeah. was like I really you know she gets involved with the lead detective who seems to be the only person who gives a shit um, about the situation and he has a dad that has Alzheimer's who actually plays and like there's a lot of social shit in this movie there's like Alzheimer's there was sexual abuse there's prostitution you know racism um, there's comments about her being Turkish from the German police like it's Yeah fucking heavy this movie like it's not your average like i don't know like i wonder if cold hell was a name for like the reality of what some of the people live in like it was just really really every social issue you can think of but not overly like in your face like it all made sense you're like yeah this could probably happen yeah it's turkish yeah she's probably gonna get racism yeah
0: you know yep and they're not believing her about a lot of the stuff because she's a woman and she's turkish in germany
1: like right like it was very very
0: misogynistic
1: yeah and then you get this lead detective and actually my favorite scene in this movie is not even a horror scene there's a part where the lead detective and i guess his partner go to the um, the the guy they confront, the murderer, and he's refusing to speak German. He's only speaking in English and they're trying to communicate through English and they're really struggling. Now, the only thing I, I would, I wouldn't buy that neither one of them would have any English. Like I met two people from Germany actually when I was away and I had drinks with them. And I asked them, you know, would I have a problem going to Germany? And they're like, most people speak English. They have to, it's the business language. They're like, now right. if you went to a small town in the middle of nowhere, countryside, they're like, yeah, maybe there you would have only people that spoke german but they're like you go to any major city so that was the only thing that i was like all right i know that these guys would probably speak better english than what they were speaking right right because yeah. it is such a business language but that's neither here nor there that was meant for the plot development
0: but yeah um and then when you're talking about high business exec he worked for the un this guy did
1: yeah yeah like that's he where they're at to him. Up, yeah right and my favorite is he calls the lead detective calls her And FaceTimes her and switches her around and goes, Is this the guy? He's like freaking out, like, get out of my office. And he's like, Is this the guy? And she's like, Yes. And that's when he slices the throat of the other detective. Yeah. And it just goes from fucking zero to a (laughs) hundred. And now
0: and that killer does it smart. He not only fucking kills that detective to distract this the other detective, he also steals the main detective's phone, which he just contacted Ozga from. So now he has a way of finding her. Right. And then it becomes
1: a cat and mouse game of her and like trying to survive when he gets there and trying to protect her niece and the detective's father because she's staying with the detective. And the torture scene is fucking intense. Like yeah. it's and you think the detective's gonna make it there and he doesn't on time. Like she ends up was it that she burned he burned her?
0: Yeah, he like dumped like kerosene or something like it on her oh and he threw threw a match on her and she lit on fire, but like she was smart and was doing the rolling back and forth but obviously with kerosene it takes way longer to put it out because it's a liquid that's got to burn off first and you could and it showed like the damage it did to her like she didn't get away from that unscathed and it was fucking intense and shit i want to bring up the uh first true encounter with them when she ends up being the taxi driver and he's in the back seat oh Oh, my god that scene was intense because this woman for one fucking kicks ass she is a badass yeah she
1: doesn't fuck around
0: and this whole entire time there she's like fucking got the foot to the floor with the taxi and just like slamming into things to kind of dislodge him and he's slicing at her and she's kicking the shit out of him while she's still trying to drive and it is brutal what they're going putting themselves through and like she comes out of that just like sliced up horribly, and like he's all fucked up because like just got getting slammed back and forth between cars and just getting the shit kicked out of him by her because she was overpowering him like in physical combat. Like she was just yeah. kicking the fuck out of him. Yeah,
1: and that's and- where you see how shitty the police are because they're all like treating her like garbage, except for the lead detective guy. Right right
0: yeah like and uh but that's one thing i liked about this is it starts off as like you know like one form of cat and mouse but then the protagonist also plays a cat and mouse game with him and hunts his ass down and beats his ass and like it's constantly them going back and forth with each other and oh yeah
1: it's great it's really great i think my so how this movie ends is like um she basically kicks a living fuck out of him and manages to get downstairs She's fucking injured throws him in the trunk of a car sees an old woman tells her to go upstairs and check on the man with alzheimer's the detective's father and the uh, and her niece and she takes this fucking car and she fucking goes i don't know how fast we'll say over 100 miles an hour into a fucking wall
0: yeah just slams it in reverse because she has him in the trunk and you can see him starting to get out of the trunk like through the uh back seat and he's like talking about i'm gonna fucking kill you and she just fucking puts it in reverse and just fucking guns it and you can see he's freaking out because he knows what's about to happen and yeah. yeah. Just fucking crushes him. Oh. Right.
1: And then you do have the scene, like, I'll be honest. I was like, I didn't want her to die. Right. Like I was like, why is the detective not there yet? And the thing is that I really appreciate sure about this, this. Cause I wanted the two of them to be together. Like right. I thought their love story was subtle, but yet you're like, I could see why there would be some attraction building between the two of them. And even like, there are kind of like awkwardness, but cuteness in the next morning, like the morning after like the first interaction with somebody, Like, it was actually pretty accurate. Like, I was kind of like, this is not a bad film. Like, this is a really good film. Anyway, he pulls her out of the car, but you really don't know if she's going to survive or not, because she's got the fucking shit kicked out of her, and she's been in a massive car accident. And this is where you kind of get a quasi-good ending. This is probably the only movie where there's, well, this is not for Like, it's kind of good, because she may have survived, survived. but you don't really know if she's going to make it, because she he he's just saying to her hang on hang on hang yeah. on but you don't really know if she is and they never give you the closure of whether she did or not right right um yeah good movie it's a it's a little hidden gem on shutter it's a good thriller mixed with some horror stuff mixed with you know cat and mouse it's, it's entertaining i recommend it to people
0: yeah i found this to be very good and like a very uh strong woman-led film
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very much so and uh yet again more of a happier ending but
0: still not the happiest
1: not the happiest ending um but more than other ones so right that kind of leads us into the out of the dark actually yeah or out of the dark topic so i asked scott what we wanted to talk about and i said you know what would be interesting to discuss and i kind of thought of it from cold hell um and funny games um is do we prefer sole survivors more than one survivor or no survivors so I guess this would be the case for like almost any horror movie where there's like a villain and a conflict or a virus or an outbreak you know what do we prefer and what do you prefer Scotty
0: uh that one all depends on the genre the subgenre, in and horror so mm. for slashers I prefer solo survivors because usually the solo survivor in most slasher films is a strong, smart, resilient female that who has outsmarted the killer and is finding ways to outrun and survive against this guy that's been guy or woman or thing that has been stalking them, her and her friends. I I like the I the concept of the final girl because it makes you know good strong representation of women in power. Mm, mm. Um as uh like say zombie type virus infection type movie, I like multiple survivors because you know this is just gonna be something that's always gonna happen. Like this is their this is their life now. And I don't know why, just multiple survivors working as a team because you kind of do have to work as a team when the whole world is fucked like this. Yeah. Um, so it gives you that teamwork thing. And, but no, I do also love the very bleak No Survivors ending because those movies I'll watch and go, Bravo, you had the balls to do something that leaves you just gutted. Mm. Like funny games, like that, mm-hmm. No Survivors there. And it's just guts you. And same with Goodnight Mommy. Well, like, no, never mind. Goodnight Mommy does have the boy. But, uh, well, yeah, but yeah, yeah, he's the villain technically. So, right. Right. Um, but no, like it all really depends. Um, but I think if I had to pick between the three, I do like the horror films that don't have any survivors because it just shows really that, yes, because I do it shows that because uh, you know, it's always that typical fairy tale thing where it's like, Oh yeah, someone's always gonna win, the bad guy's gonna be defeated. I like when that's turned on its head and the bad guy is not defeated and there is no one left alive because it's just something that doesn't happen as often as the others interesting
1: interesting i am the opposite i find the no survivor plot line depressing
0: as fuck i think that's why i like it because it's just like yeah. it just makes you feel
1: i i find movies like funny games where nobody makes it out and the killers go on i feel like there's no justice Mm-hmm. probably another reason why i don't love rob zombie films um yeah because there's no survivors in house of a carlos and corpses or what's the second sequel to that
0: uh, devil's rejects
1: Yeah, it was like when the chicks running them um, with the bunny rabbit outfit
0: yeah in house thousand corpses
1: oh my god that makes me so angry i get so upset during that scene i hate it i hate the the torture that she's experiencing um and i with soul survivors i don't mind soul survivors if it's a situation where like um let's think of a movie that a good soul survivor i i do like if it's like a shark film and like the one person makes it out because they were able to outsmart it. But I do prefer when it's more than one person. Like one of my favorite Nightmare on Elm Streets is where multiple people survive.
2: Mm, three, right?
1: Because um, I love how they work together in Dreamworld to fight off Freddy Krueger. I enjoy in Friday the 13th part four that Tommy and his sister work together to kill Jason. Or part five when they attack Roy, right? Right. Like I do like how there's like a team so it's it's interesting but yeah i hear what you're saying about the strong female survivor but i remember when i saw scream the first time i was super happy that randy and Nev campbell's character sydney and courtney cox survived right and i guess technically caught and weary but that's more of the second one um i i did i did like that part of it and I find that I do definitely like groups in zombie films, like, uh, trained persona. I was super upset when the dad died. Yeah. And like, you know, the actually in like the soccer team. Yeah. For some reason that soccer team really affected me when those young men died, I found that. Oh, really Cause they upsetting.
0: were good people.
1: Yeah. Right. And I think that that's definitely like why I felt sad. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's such a concept but I definitely don't love no survivors I don't I don't like that I don't like those films it makes me sad like I'm so bummed out
2: afterwards
0: yeah like I think that's why like you know hereditary had such an effect on me too because it's like at that end you're just going yeah there is no one left alive besides the cultists and holy shit is that heavy like same with um yeah well, I mean, basically same with the mist. I mean, obviously, yes, the father yeah. is, the father is alive at the end, but he kills everybody off and yes. it just leaves you gutted. Like, fuck.
1: <laughs> like, you're just absolutely Mm-mm. appalled that all of that would happen. Right. And I just, you know, Rent-A-Pal depressed me too. Now, mind you, the girlfriend lives, yeah. but like his mom dies, he dies. Like it's fucking depressing. And I don't, I I know a lot of people do love the non-survivor. I think Tim Davis likes that as well, too. And I don't know what it is with me. It just makes me like... And I find, like, it just makes me sad. If it's done right. Like, I didn't care about St. Maude, I'll be honest. When she burned herself, I was like, man, Right. She's the only character you're really following, right? So there's, she's not a survivor. I kind of thought, saw that she... I didn't really feel for her. I felt like she wasn't a full protagonist. Right. You have to be a full protagonist. Like, and it follows. Where they leave it with the boyfriend and, I guess, Jade walking. And you see that image behind them. And you don't know what it is always bothers me because I'm like, did they survive? Or is it still following them? Yeah. You know, and I just always found that shit really, really like creepy. Um, what's another movie? I was so worried in uh when I saw oh, what's the one with the bride a couple years ago, the games. Um, uh ready or not? Ready or not. I wasn't sure if she was gonna survive. Right. Right. And I was wondering what's gonna happen. And I And I was upset that the one brother who helped her at the end didn't survive. Like, I find when characters have a shift and they become good people, I have a really hard time when they die. Yeah. It bothers me. It bothers me. Like, I think funny games really, but something like funny games is where I really thought about this, is that these guys are such pieces of shit and you just don't get, you just don't get the justice. Like, in the rape revenge films or something like that, you get the justice. Like, I spit on your grave, stuff like that. You get the justice. Here, there's no justice. And I find that a really hard time to, to sit with.
0: Yep, And I think that's like uh, why I like it, because it makes you feel, because yeah. horror films are supposed to make you feel things. That's what yeah. horror is all about. And, you know, it can make you feel all sorts of things, anxiety or just like excitement or scared or just completely just beaten. Like, oh, that happened. Oh God. Yeah,
2: yeah. Like I, yeah and I love right, that. Like,
0: it's that feeling of just like, like it's, it's obviously those films are not ones you want to go revisit all the time. Cause you know, you don't want to have that feeling every single time you want to watch a movie, but I do love it because no other type of film really does that. You know, you're
1: right. And that's the thing about horror, right? Is that, and true horror is when no one survives, you know, I'm the one that kind of takes the sad route out because I don't like it. Now, if they're all pieces of shit, like, you know, the suicide club, people do survive in that movie. It's a depressing fucking movie. Um, and like in movies, like the ring and the grudge, even if you do survive, you're not surviving for long, unless you're passing the curse on to other people, right? You know, there's no way out of it. <laughs> Pardon me. And I think that that bothers me when there's no way out of it. And I do, but I do dig just like you in that, like, female outsmarts like even in something comical like the final
0: girls yeah
1: right i do find that very rewarding and um inspirational when something like that happens
0: yeah especially because you know back then horror movies were (laughs) trash trash as being misogynistic when in all actuality they were empowering women because they would always be like the strong female at the end Uh, yeah there were misogynistic things that would happen during the films but the ending would not be misogynistic. It would be very female-empowered.
1: Yeah, right? Like, if you look at the original on Elm Street, it's Nancy overpowering Freddy Krueger, right? Yeah, outsmarting um, him in
0: every way. And-
1: right, and, you know, even if we look at the original Halloween and we look at um, Silent... Um, oh, my gosh, I'm not getting the... What is with Black Christmas? Oh, I'm yeah. Like, Silent Night. <laughs> not Silent Night, Black Christmas. Um, there is that kind of empowerment of... female overtaking and I don't mind men in that role either to be honest with you um you know a film like Becky where it's a child now mind you she's not the only survivor because she does save her stepmom and um her brother but like she's the one that basically you know fucks shit up the entire time and so I don't mind when it's a kid either but yeah it's really really interesting but like i don't know like it's a really fascinating topic and you're right horror is supposed to make you feel things and i think for me it's just really really tough when i see that no one's around anymore
2: i guess
0: yeah.
1: hurts my little heather heart <laughs> right
0: yep yeah, i can see that because yeah like right? i say it even makes me feel i'm just going oh
1: it's but- like i'm gonna go watch the new jurassic park film because you know they're horrible films by the way in this one the raptor has a baby and hmm. chris pratt has to save the baby
0: I plan on seeing it at some point because I like, uh might go to the theater because it is a, it'll be a fun theatrical experience. But it's such I'm a keeping, guilty
1: pleasure, is it not?
0: It is, but I'm keeping my hopes really low on this one because I have been seeing some really bad reviews on this one. Well, the last one was pretty bad. There, yeah, there were some moments in that one, but like they're... the
1: cloning of dinosaurs. Sorry for spoiling it, but guys, like if you haven't seen it, it's it came out several years ago now. I feel like everyone and their mom watched it. It's like a fucking Marvel movie. It's my version of Marvel movies. I watch all. Yeah of the jurassic park and jurassic world films and every single time the brontosauruses die and you know what i'm really tired of brontosaurus is <laughs> dying in these movies that's what i'm getting to you know like it was one thing in the first one but then every single movie and then like when they had the like the the most recent one jurassic world where like the brontosauruses are all dead because of like the hybrid dinosaur got out yeah okay fine but then when they're leaving the island and you watch the brontosaurus yeah. fall off the fucking dock you know right? what? Yeah, well, no, you—they leave
0: it behind as you see the fucking uh, volcano erupting, yeah. and it's like, yep, you just left that one to die, and you're just like, and it's crying, yeah,
1: like what the fuck, man? Like, why is it always the brontosaurus? This is why, because it pulls emotion from people, because it's all triggered—it's all triggered towards people that watch a fucking Land Before Time in 1988. Oh God, yeah, we're all fucking obsessed with Littlefoot, who was the fucking brontosaurus, and and we saw the trauma with his parents dying in a Land Before Time, and they're just fucking capitalizing on. That fuck right. you, Land Before Time. Fuck you. Another one to add to Children's Shudder. Yeah, Land Before. <laughs> this is the scene where all the dinosaurs die. Yeah, and Littlefoot's like can't find his parents because they're dead. So, um, man, see, this is where this is where my nose hurt. Well, that's not true. The, they do survive. There's a handful of kid dinosaurs that survive, and Land Before Time is then just trying to survive. The yeah. Land Before Time. Um, it's a great movie, by the way, for all those people who aren't 40. adorable. <laughs> grow up on that film but yeah like it's it's just really fascinating and it'll be interesting to see how films continue on like you know and the and the lone survivor can be something like Midsommar yeah where she's a survivor but she's also like complicit now yeah right which is interesting too
0: it's very like yeah like I'll say like uh that's and once again I love horror it's so varied and like how it reacts and like how it ends and how how people are affected in it too
1: and every film has a different way of doing it. Like one of the films that we enjoyed a lot last year, which is we need to do something really pulls on who you think is going to make it through that film. Yeah. Um. And, and who you want to make it through that film and who may make it through that film. It's right. a really, yeah. really interesting concept. And there's also that soul survivor that survives and you're like, you fucking piece of shit. Why did this piece of shit make
2: it? Mm.
1: Out? Right. And I, and you're right. I think it does take a lot of gut for the directors to do that. So It'll be interesting to see. Uh, you know, we think about the movie coming up, Halloween Kills. That's coming out at the end of this year. Or Halloween I assume, ends. Oh, sorry, Halloween ends. It's all same shit. Um, it'll be interesting to see who the survivors are there. Yeah, we should do a poll right now. There's oh, so this is where we're clear. I have not watched the trailer. Is there I a have trailer? no idea? I don't know. There probably is.
0: I don't think there is yet.
1: No. Okay.
0: The internet hasn't gone nuts yet, so
1: true we would hear on everything i'm gonna just put a guess and these are no spoilers because obviously scott and i have no idea what's gonna happen i predict jamie lee curtis will die again in this one
0: yep i picture she will be she will die and the granddaughter will take down michael
1: i think this is what will happen the mother will be intensive care somehow they would have got to the mother in time and she's Mm. in intensive care and jamie lee curtis and the daughter are going to go take it on jamie lee curtis is killed the daughter like confronts michael michael goes to the hospital to try to kill the mom after thinking he killed the daughter they didn't actually kill the daughter and he like because his idea is he's going to kill the entire generation because now we've made this personal it went from not being personal before to now it's back to being personal yeah um And the daughter's going to kill him, but then she's going to put the mask on, and she's going to become the new Michael Myers. That's my prediction. They're going to go the Danielle Harris route from part four.
0: Interesting.
1: But they're not going to give up on it, and they're going to see what the feedback is and if they can spin off a series
2: on it.
0: I like that. If they did that, I'd be like, all right, Halloween
1: ends. Bravo right that's my prediction I could be 110% wrong I am not a Halloween like huge fan so you know I could be wrong completely but I really do think Jamie Lee Curtis will die and I protect the mother will be in intensive care I don't think she'll come across as dead though I think this film's supposed to take place 10 years later though yeah that may not make any sense
0: true I forgot Um, about that part
1: if that's even true though yeah maybe that's just something they told people that it's going to take place 10 years later you never know with horror films you never so know true.
0: like or they may just have some scenes tying yeah. all the past and everything
1: right like you never know what it's going to be like maybe it'll start off with she's intensive care and she like who knows who knows right um because 10 years later jamie lee curtis would be 10 years older than she is in that last one and that's yeah. a little elderly to be funny enough michael myers like it right. doesn't necessarily anyway so it will be interesting to see but that's a series for example that's always revo- relied on the soul survivor but at the same time michael myers surviving too right so you know it will be really really interesting i, I think the soul survivor the group survivor things i always enjoy as final destination but then they never actually survive right. think they're going to survive till the next but day. then they actually never survive yeah you know and um yeah, it's a really interesting concept. So we'll be back again in two weeks with a new country. I think we have a couple left that we want to do. Um, and then we're going to announce a change to our format. So I think the countries that we have remaining are Ukraine, Russia.
0: Yep, Russia, Sweden, Finland.
1: Okay, so those four.
0: Um, and then like uh, an idea that I brought up to you, but uh, to kind of finish off the horror from around the world, uh, we'll do one episode where it's, you pick two from ontario and i picked two from yeah. michigan
1: yeah so well oh um, i could pick potty pool actually
0: yeah and i could pick like it follows and yeah stuff like that
1: oh, fuck i love it follows
0: yeah so it's fuck, like I love we movie. can do some homegrown horror for the when we cap off the around the world horror films
1: but we should probably push ourselves to like do something that we haven't seen
0: well, I'll say if there is, like, for you, there'll be plenty of options. For Michigan, I'm not sure if there's a lot of That's options. true, because
1: there's, like, Ruin Me, um, was filmed in Michigan. Wait, really? Yeah, Ruin Me, wasn't it? Uh, let me do, let me, let me look. That's the Shutter one, right? Where she goes away on, um, Yeah, on the a a survival Room camp. style yeah. retreat. Yeah, it's it was filmed in Michigan. Huh. Scott is Googling it right now. He's
0: well, Googling I'm just I'm just looking up Michigan filmed horror films. Uh, so, well, I know two of those are not accurate the evil dead remake and evil dead 2 are not it's just got michigan actors and michigan director in it but i uh, it follows don't breathe the wretched pitchfork god i do not want to ever watch that movie again <laughs> um yeah not too many like on this list like i'll have to do some more digging but, but yeah room me doesn't show up on this list but i but yeah now that you mentioned it i think you were right because i think i was kind of well- shocked by that
1: Christian from the Exploding Heads podcast has had um, the director from Ruin Me on his show, and the guy talks about how it was filmed in Michigan.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, because like I do right? va- like now that you say it, it like, sounds familiar.
1: All right, so I should say from uh, the Friday the 13th, or thank God it's Friday the 13th, commentary podcast um they had him on there so yeah anyway that will be our our ending of the countries and then we're going to not go anywhere but we are going to change our format up a little bit moving forward Uh, but we will be finishing off oh and we talked about doing brazil
0: yes yes yeah,
1: yeah yeah so that's going to be kind of our capping stone of of different countries from around the world, which has been a really exciting process for us. Um, Seeing a lot of different movies, it's led to some good out-of-the-dark topics as well, Mm -hmm. Um, where we're trying to do more opinion-based stuff out of the dark topics. It's just our own thoughts and stuff on how we feel things are. And of course, you know, we're not looking for people to agree with us. It's just what our own preferences are so exactly. um, hopefully people have enjoyed what we've been doing um hopefully people have enjoyed scotty's long conversation about everything he's been up to because scotty's been hashtag living his best life
0: besides the shooting at the carnival yeah. um everything else has been great though yeah
1: right scotty
0: yeah it's been a whirlwind of activities
1: it has been and exciting news is at the end of this month scotty and i are going to aew with Mandy. Fuck.
0: yeah we are and it's
1: blooded guts baby Oh, man. It's going to be great. Hopefully we get on TV. Oh, that'd be great. It'd be amazing. Poor Mandy would be. Poor Mandy. Oh, dear. Poor Mandy. <laughs> he doesn't know how bad it's going to be the two of us together.
0: Oh, actually, I think we're more. we over the top. No, I think poor me, because you two are going to be together, and I am so fucked.
1: Yeah, but you and I are going to want attention at the rest of the event, so we're going to be hollering <laughs> and screaming and, like, if we js comes out, we're going to lose our minds. Like, right. We're going to just lose our shit, because he's so We're going
0: funny. to hold signs to promote our show. Friday
2: Night man. Woo! Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Legion Podcast Network, speaking of promoting our show, um, please follow us on the Legion Podcast Network as well. You can find lots of many other amazing shows. So hit the follow button and get down there and you can download uh, any of our episodes or other show episodes that you would like. As well as, as always, there's a Legion, Legion Patreon where you can have access to behind-the-scenes commentary, um, special podcasts that are done. And if you're not a Patreon member yet,
0: what are you waiting for what are you waiting for what are you
2: waiting for
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: please join today it's only three dollars a month and it is well worth the money that you'll spend uh so scott and i will be back again in two weeks thank you so much for your patience as we took a little bit extra time between the last two episodes but hopefully it was worth it scott do you have anything to say to the nice people
0: uh not anything extra just uh until next time kitties unpleasant dreams see ya